Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. I just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. <sighs> All right. It was in the men's section. Girl shirt button on the other side. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Figured it out. Wes is wearing a girl shirt. Yes. It's a me, a man's a Garcia. (laughs) Cocahones. How about those friggin' pirates? There's local politics, bud. Boom, boom, boom. Now let me say, well. You are terrible. And stop playing that song. Clip. Hey, man. Good to see you, brother. Did not flub at all. Send it in. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Alrighty, welcome in to Pirate Radio Live here on a... It is Wednesday. Man, I'm a little discombobulated with the day basketball going on, everything going on with ECU Athletics. It is a lovely day here in Eastern North Carolina. I am swept up in the madness and very excited for today's program. We're going to have a lot of fun on the show and talk a lot of sports and just like noises and sounds are going through my brain right now. I can't even comprehend all that is happening. Shirley Rhodes is here. Chandler Honeycutt here on a Wednesday. We're happy to have you here. Chime in to the program on YouTube and Facebook Live. Be a part of the show. I want to talk... I want to talk to uh, to sports guys and sports gals, and luckily we might have some here. You know, favorite tournament upsets. We can get into it next week as well, but this time of year uh, brings back so many memories. Got the conference tournaments going on right now. We'll update you on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck. Also, uh, some madness on the baseball diamond yesterday in Kannapolis, East Carolina, defeating Queens in uh, some pretty dramatic fashion. We'll discuss that as well so just a ton to get to awesome time of the year and excited to be here with you on pirate radio live all right we are on pirate radio 92.7 fm in greenville also uh 1041 washington 930 1250 online pr927fm.com make sure you are subscribed to pirate radio tv and like the stream we already have nine more people watching than we have likes at the moment so If you're watching me now, click a thumb, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube. We'd certainly appreciate that. It will cost you nothing. It will just be your good gesture for the day. Uh, We have daily giveaways on the show that we give out to you. We'll have more giveaways coming out uh, Thursday at 1230 for a watch along. We'll be here with ECU and USF and we'll be uh, so that'll be at 1230 on thursday if east carolina women win tonight we got to talk about that too from last night if the pirates beat memphis tonight we are going to do a double header a triple header if you include pirate radio live our three-hour tour on thursday but chandler and i will be here not uh late night on thursday night for ecu women's basketball in the aac championship if they can win tonight so uh, a huge potential Thursday coming up. If uh, the women can win tonight, we'll have a watch along at 1230 uh, Pirate Radio Live from 3 to 6. And then later on in the evening, another watch along. So we're fired up for some hoops, men and women here at Pirate Radio. All right. Um, I got to get my stuff straight. I mean, 
I want to need some help from Shirley and Chandler to keep me grounded with all everything going on. How are you guys doing in there? Doing pretty good. Shirley's been busy today. Chandler's been running around. Bu- it's, it's, there's a buzz. There is a big buzz. It's palpable. It's palpable. <laughs> there's a plethora of buzzes. And uh, I need like a, a handler, a helper. I need something. Hamburger helper. I don't know. If you need a handler, my name's Chandler. <laughs> well, you need a handler or two of your own. So I, I wouldn't want to just put more on your plate by asking you to be my handler yeah not much more room on that plate there you go and uh, you like a full plate the good I thing do. about you though you clean that plate yeah, i'm on the clean plate club you're on the clean plate club i'm in no, i'm in the clean plate club well said coming up on today's show we will go live to fort worth and talk to michael perry he will join us coming up on the program today east carolina getting ready for south florida we'll talk about the health of the team and uh, we'll also hear from Mike Schwartz later on in the show as he talked yesterday before splitting town for the AAC tournament, his first postseason game as the head coach of the Pirates. So we'll hear from Coach Schwartz. We'll also talk to Michael Perry coming up in about 30 minutes. Patrick Mason, Daily Reflector, will join us to talk Pirate baseball, Pirate hoops, women's hoops, and more. Stephen Igo hoists the colors in the third hour of today's show. So that is what is on tap. We're happy to have you here. Uh, Kaz on YouTube says, hello, what a great day. I agree. This is a great day. It is a great uh, few weeks here coming up with uh, March Madness. Sports going on um, all day, every day. Been watching basketball. Already lost two bets, so feeling good. St. Bonaventure lost. They're out of the A-10 tournament. And Wake Forest on a last-second three as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Got by. They advanced. They beat Syracuse in the ACC tournament right now on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by DeBuck. DeBuck. Pitt has a 21-17 lead over Georgia Tech. Shirley, what do you have? I was going to say uh, we do have a little bit of breaking news in terms of... Well, in terms no, of a little bit. A little bit. For well, sure. I wouldn't say breaking news. Uh, it came out earlier this afternoon, but I don't think you've mentioned it. It's like shatter. It's like... If it's not broke, a sprain. We have some sprain news for you. Yes. East Carolina freshman forward Ezra Azar. Ozar. Azar? Azar. See, this has been Ozar. a big bone of contention for me all season long. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jeff Charles. Uh, Let's just say it, Ezra. Uh, yeah, I, that's kind of what I go with. The announcers, Morgan Ehlers, have uh, said Ezra Ozar, the official pronunciation guide I was handed, had Azar. Azar. Yeah. yeah. So, but I guess we go with Ozar, but like you said, just go Ezra. Ezra has been unanimously named to the American Athletic Conference All-Freshman Team. Well-deserved. Luigi DeBeau received the AAC Sportsmanship Award. Uh, what a perfect award for a perfect sportsman. As you said before, there is a lot of things that Luigi does that does not show up in the stat sheets. Including his sportsmanship. And, exactly. Including being a good sportsman um and in terms of uh Charlie, you gotta stop saying that for sure in terms uh, of a little bit, bit. if for any sure. <laughs> um, big ball game all freshman team i mentioned ezra is on that team and i thought there was one other but i guess no that's it in terms of that being it so you have uh ezra was the uh he was a unanimous selection for uh uh freshman um 
Chandler, what does that word mean? That means everybody voted on him. Thank mm-hmm. you. And he's the first Pirate freshman to receive the postseason honor since 2019 when Jaden Gardner was unanimously selected. Here's so. the problem. I've had this conversation with Cy Seymour a million times. Did you look and did you listen? I did. We've had a lot of guys on the all-freshman team. And then they split town yeah. or we just don't see more. I, you can go throughout the years – Having a pirate on the all freshman team is not news. That has happened before. It's happened a lot. We got to get the guys on the all conference team, which we have struggled to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jaden and some others, but um, I want to say like maybe a BJ Tyson, Kentrell Barkley. I, I, I feel like we've yeah. just had a lot of guys on the all freshman team. And there's guys that have made the all freshman team in the past, could have probably made an all conference team in the future at East Carolina. The problem there is there was no future at East Carolina. They went on into greener pastures, yeah. including like a Jaden uh, Gardner and others. So. But that's awesome for Ezra and uh, great for Luigi as well. Great dude. Let's hope they put on a good show. And Ezra's season did a roller coaster. Remember Brandon Johnson uh, got off to a great start last year in the non-conference. Kind of hit a wall when the competition got better. We saw that with Ezra this year. Actually, we saw not much at all and then chandler before tip off of one of the games i don't remember which one it was said this is ezra's breakout this is his welcome to the ezra show and that was his best game at the time and then he put together a string of really good games then he hit a wall better competition we barely were seeing him on the court yeah remember he'd go in he'd make a mistake mike schwartz would take him out and get in his face Right in his face. Right in his face. And we were like, okay, freshman wall. We've seen this before. He was able to break down that wall, get through the other side and of the wall, back. break on through to the other side, like Jim Morrison said, and put together a strong finish to the season. So good for him uh, going through the ebbs and flows of a college season, especially as a freshman, as Shirley Rhodes likes to say. <laughs> Steve says, happy Sports Trivia Wednesday, Clippo. Got that going on, too. 8 o'clock tonight. Can't wait. This is one of my... So, this and the, I guess, Maction. This is better, though, I think, than than when Maction's playing on Wednesday night. This is your conference tournament Wednesday at AJ's. We're going to have... The game zone will be tracking ECU women as they play tonight in round two in the semifinals of the American tournament. So, uh, man, it's going to be a lot of fun tonight. Got some great questions, so come on out and see us. Have a good time. Great food, great grog, everything you want, entertainment at AJ's 8 o'clock. Steve also says, sweet lid clip. Oh, this whole thing. Oh this! Uh, oh this! Oh, I didn't. I didn't even know I was oh. wearing it. I, oh, you I, mean this thing? This whole thing? Yeah. Uh, this is nothing. Uh, but I didn't make it, so I can't say thank you. Don't you say thank you? You need to um, thank the makers of this hat. I'm guessing somewhere overseas it came from. Like most of my hats, even my hats that have like a patriotic thing or American flag or like made in Indonesia or something. I don't even see. Oh, made in Laos. Laos. Thank you to the Laotians out there. By the way, let's talk about this hat. I thought it was a regular old flat bill 
but it's got the mesh in the back. It's kind of like a mullet hat because it's business in the front. And man, there's a party going on in the back. <laughs> in the man, back. I, I don't even think I'm going to be let into that party. It is a uh, trucker style mesh yes, in the back. It's nice. However, it's a party you're not invited to, basically. Just when you think the party's a little too wild, it's like, not so fast, my friend. We are we're gonna fit this baby. It is a fitted hat. Yeah. Um doesn't have the uh help me out, what's it called? Uh snapback. Doesn't have the snapback at the at the back. It's fitted. Uh so there you go, the mullet hat. Business in the front, party in the back. But not too wild of a party. No. Okay. Thank you. Glad uh, everybody is now in tune. In tune. You gotta be in, really in tune really good party going on in the back of uh clip's head right now uh with that hat alex says put ezra in w- well <laughs> this is an unfortunate typo <laughs> put ezra <laughs> <laughs> this is alex's comment on youtube not mine he said put ezra in whiteness protection now alex uh jeez alex <laughs> what is whiteness protection as opposed to witness protection because Ezra, last time I checked, not a white man. You are canceled, buddy. Alex said, put Ezra in whiteness protection. Don't let anyone talk to him. I believe, I'm going to give Alex the benefit of the doubt here. I believe you meant witness protection. And I believe what he's saying there is take his phone, take uh, all forms of communication. Turn him white. Uh, <laughs> give him a Sammy Sosa, Michael Jackson style treatment. You know what? It's not a bad idea. If Ezra, well, it did happen to turn into a white man, a Caucasian. First of all, the teams would be like, so where's that Ezra guy that played last year for you guys? I'm looking at your roster right now. He's right there. He's on the court right now. I see uh, I see Javon Small, and I see Brandon Johnson. I see this uh, this tall white fella, white gentleman. Oh, no, that's just Ezra. He's in whiteness protection program. <laughs> <laughs> Never thought about turning our good players white, and maybe teams will back <laughs> off. <laughs> whiteness protection um yeah we don't want anybody talking to ezra leave leave ezra alone leave ezra alone great start of the show thank you alex for that <laughs> can we um can we do a uh a, kind of what we did with blake harrell like some sort of campaign like oh a, champagne on the campaign champagne on the campaign where we just start trashing him yes yeah blake harrell found out about that kind of he, he got the joke but um, I don't know how much he liked it. Like, yeah. he kind of gave me a, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. But it was probably like, you know, I've never kicked a puppy a day in my life. Yeah. Why are you saying such things? Yeah. We were trying to get him not hired by another school, taken away from us. So maybe we start, we don't need to trash Ezra. We can just say, hey, uh, how about this game where he played four minutes and didn't score? That's what you want on your team? That's a fact. Yeah. But not show them the good side of exactly. it. Exactly. Which there is a lot of good side. And look, different. it's 2023. Mm-hmm. All we do is focus on the negative. That's what we'll do. We'll just focus on the negative. We will have a campaign to smear the good name of Ezra Ozar slash Asar. All right. Um, let's see. Any other awesome comments? I love a good typo. 
Kenny says lid of the week. Could be. This is uh this is quickly uh gotten into my top five all time lids owned. I love it. Ready for some Braves baseball. Ready for some Dale Murphy here in town. Yes, sir. Coming up very soon. All right. So much to recap, and we are joshing around. Want to start with last night, the most excited I've been for a women's basketball game in a long time. And the Pirates gave me reason to be excited because they looked awesome. They got out to a 19-point lead. They were cruising. I got a little uh, a little cocky. I saw that. Got a little too cocky on the social media. I blinked, and it was a tie game. Yeah. And I said, oh, boy. Jeez. Uh, another sport at East Carolina I can ruin by jinxing, but not so fast. These pirates uh, were too tough. End up. What do they do? What do they do, Chandler? What do they do, Shirley? They finish strong. A strong fourth quarter after a uh, great run by Tulane. And East Carolina outlast the Green Wave. End up winning by 11, 69, 258. You look at the turnover department, 18 turnovers for the Green Wave. And uh, how many of those are forced? The Pirates had eight steals last night couple of blocks as well and we're playing that uh or excuse me i was looking at uh 13 turnovers 18 turnovers for tulane what am i saying and also 12 steals for the pirates that's the number i was looking for and seven blocks for the pirates i knew it was higher than that uh tenacious d all night long by the pirates and uh and 19 rebounds for Amaya Jr., which, by the way, that. is the single-game record for an AC, AAC tournament game. A record-breaking performance by the freshman from Farmville Central, 19 points to, uh, rebounds to go with her eight points freshman last of, night. Freshman of the year, by the way, in the American Conference. She's a stat stuffer, folks. And by the way, well, we keep saying by the way. <laughs> How about this, Charlie? What if I told you the Pirates win by 11, look good, in so doing. In so doing. <laughs> when Danae McNeil goes 2 of 13 with 7 points. That's a sign of a good team when your star, your leading scorer, only has 7 points, bad night shooting. But you get three other Pirates in double figures, Dennis Johnson and Mosley. Oh, yeah. I, I was, Speak on going, that. You were going by name, uh, last names. That's why it threw me because you said Dennis Johnson. I was like, there's not a Dennis Johnson on that team, and we're talking about the women's team. Rest in peace, Dennis Johnson, great um, point guard for the champion Celtics back Mike, in the day. Micah Dennis, and that was the thing that I had been saying before, is that a lot of focus and a lot of attention has been paid on uh, Danae McNeil and Amaya Joyner, and rightfully so. However, do not discount who they call Money Mike. And Micah Dennis is dangerous from the three-point land. Sania Johnson has quietly kind of become that fourth person that they can count on in terms of uh, getting some offensive uh, production. And I tell you what, it's been a lot of fun. And Morgan Mosley coming off the bench uh, a lot of times and has been uh, very productive. And it's been a lot of fun to watch them play. And I am just super excited about tonight. 7 o'clock tip-off against Memphis. That's the two seed. I uh, I love the postgame lack of celebration. There were some high fives. Of, the, the a sense, very conservative smile or two. The, the sense of we're supposed to be here yeah we're supposed to do this i also like post game hearing the talk 
and it was Johnson talking after the game and saying we weren't going to go home tonight. It was they are focused on two things: winning each night and winning a championship. And they talked, and she talked about both. Mm -hmm. She said we weren't going home tonight, and we're going to bring it tomorrow night, and we're going to bring it on Thursday night. So it's one game at a time. But they are there not to have fun in Fort Worth and experience all the wonderful things the Dallas-Fort Worth area has to offer. They're there to win a freaking championship. Well, you got to think that's been the mindset all year because you're a team that was picked to finish 11th in the conference, and then you end up finishing third. So uh, I believe that mindset that was in the regular well, season. Well, um, there might be a level I, of um, – I think the mindset there was like, <laughs> let's win some games, prove people wrong. Mm-hmm. I think the mindset now has changed to All right. we belong. Yeah. Let's win a championship. Like we, we proved ourselves and yeah. we're gonna we're gonna prove that we are a top three team in this conference. <laughs> and uh, I think they're gonna prove they're the best team in the conference. Come on, Chandler. You gotta get your head right. Sorry, my I mean my I glass think is like I said not half full. What's wrong with you? I'm just negative. Well, I'm here to tell you that I think that they are licking their chops even more because now that South Florida is out of it and they were heavily favored to win the tournament, now they know they have got, I, I wouldn't say an even better chance, but they have got a better a, chance. A, <laughs> an even better chance. A wider path. Yeah. Okay. To the championship. And they want it. They can see it. It's within their grasp. All they have to do is play their brand of basketball. And I don't know if anybody can stop them. The Pirates won at Memphis 55-47. The Pirates lost at home to Memphis 61-53. Oh, yeah. That was the game where they couldn't throw it in the ocean in the second half. Two games uh, decided by eight points. Both teams uh, that were on the road won those games. So you split with Memphis. You get them again as the two seed. Here's something interesting I saw. I'm going to look it up right now for myself a little women's bracketology anyone anyone sure yeah yeah give me some music give me some forgot that part i love the uh kind of the it's like it's like it's a question it's the theme song as a question so with south florida out of the aac tournament that opens up a spot for another team to make the what i like to call the big dance i made that up put the shoes on the automatic qualifier in the women's bracketology on espn has guess who memphis winning the championship as the two seed. But East Carolina split with Memphis, pretty much same record, all that. Could very well be ECU. In this women's bracketology, they have the 13 seed Memphis, which for this conversation we'll say East Carolina, playing in Chapel Hill against North Carolina in round one that could be us i just wanted to look at it because you know what kind of seed would ecu get if they made it i think 13 is where they have memphis that would probably be a good number for the women's team 
So a 13-4 matchup. And the four seeds are going to host at home the highest seed in the... So the ones host two, three, and fours host. So it'll be in Chapel Hill. Other four seeds right now, UCLA, which will be out in LA. Villanova, which will be up in Philly. And Texas, out in Austin. So just i'm not looking ahead or well, i guess i am looking ahead i'm just saying we we don't have this opportunity to talk about these things a lot so let's but the opportunity is here let's the enjoy opportunity it. is now let's embrace it right all right let's take a uh before we take a break kenny says what's the best record an ecu women's basketball team ever had well, the last time, I do not know. The last time that they had a 20-win season was uh, 2013 uh, when Heather Macy was here. And that, by the way, was the last time that they went to postseason play because, remember, they went to the WNIT because that was when they lost to State. State. Um, State. In Greenville because I was sitting courtside for that game. <laughs> and uh, Sick flex. flex. Sick flex. Um <laughs> But, uh, no, I uh, managed to luck out and had a friend that had courtside seats and invited okay. us to All sit right. down. Okay. So, who, who was your friend? Right. Shirley got courtside for women. We didn't. Wait okay, wait fine. Who cares? Who was your friend, and why were they not helping us the other night when we tried to get courtside seats? Yeah. No. Talk to George Santos. John? John Santos. I'm sorry. Not George. John. You don't even know the man's name. No. They're giving you courtside seats. You know what? Seats. You can hush. <laughs> Moving on. All right. But that's the last time we have had been to postseason, and that's 2013. Bob says, any game times? I don't know what you mean, Bob. Come on, Bob. Be, Be more specific. specific. Adam with the line of the day so far. He says, Ezra is the Fred McGriff of college basketball. <laughs> <laughs> that is an inside joke for people that uh, listen to this show. Well done, Adam. Let's take a break, Adam boy. When we return, Michael Perry... Mike P. trying to get in on the line of the day. Let's see. He said Shirley Rhodes more like Shirley Front Rose. (laughs) (laughs) We are having fun on a Wednesday. A lot going on. We'll talk some hoops with Coach Perry after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is A.J. McMurphy's. A.J. says daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio, perfect for some outdoor dining. And there's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with our very own Clip Brock. AJ says live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Pittsburgh, a 13-point lead over Georgia Tech at halftime in the ACC tournament. And right now, George Mason has a one-point lead over Richmond in the A-10 tournament, 38-37, 9-52 left to go in that one. Those scores on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by DeBuck will keep you updated on everything going on in conference tournament action. 
uh, throughout today's show. East Carolina uh, women's team will take on Memphis in the AAC semifinals coming up tonight at 7 o'clock. That will be on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, we got baseball coming up. We got to recap that one at some point and talk about today's game. Chandler, keep an eye out for a lineup. Should be getting one soon. Uh, but right now, we will head out just to tell you how much is going on. Uh, we'll talk men's hoops with Michael Perry, who joins us on the Pirate Radio Live line from Fort Worth, Texas, for the AAC basketball tournament. Pirates get underway Thursday, 1230 against South Florida. Coach Perry, thank you for your time. How you doing? I'm doing great. All is well out here in Fort Worth. Good to hear. So uh, a good flight, and now uh, hopefully the Pirates can get some work in. Coach, how much time do teams get to uh, to get on the court, to shoot around, to maybe get into practice? What, what all goes on as teams gear up for a conference tournament? Typically in the conference tournaments, each team is allotted 40 minutes. Um, some places less, but uh, I've never seen more than 40. That's what we have today. 40 minutes of practice time on the actual floor. Then you have a practice facility we're fortunate to have uh, here in the arena where we're playing Dickey's Arena, which is a big-time uh, facility. I mean, it's like a pro arena. But uh, they have a practice facility uh, right off of the court, and you actually have uh, an additional hour there that you can actually have the real practice. Uh, for that 40 minutes, you want to get shots up, kids get acclimated uh, to their surroundings, uh, get used to the baskets, and then you do your real core work, scouting report, things like that, um, in the privacy of a practice facility uh, right there. I mean, there, there have been years in which a lot of times you have to go off-site uh, to a local high school or, or or college, and you can get in there and actually have additional practice time because you don't allow it, you know, sometimes 30, and this year is 40 minutes on the actual floor. Coach, uh, the, the big questions for East Carolina right now is the health of this team heading into the game on Thursday. And Coach Michael Schwartz said before he left that you know they're not expecting uh, Javon Small to return to the lineup as he has been out for a while now. And then you've got an issue with Ben Baela and R.J. Felton was banged up in the last regular season game. So, uh, Coach, I, I know it's going to be, you know, how does R.J. feel today? How does he feel when he wakes up tomorrow? But what's the uh, the status of R.J. Felton as far as you know right now? Yeah, I can't really say because um, all we did was travel. Uh, as far as practice, you know, I can't really speak uh, on that. But I, I would say that, you know, he finished the game off pretty good. It's one of those deals where you see with a lot of kids, and fortunately that was the case for R.J. in that, you see kids rolling around on the floor or, or hobbling on the floor and have to be uh, assisted off the floor. And then um, a few plays later, you see him back on the floor running and dunking. So I was hoping that was going to be the case for him, which it was. I mean, he came out at halftime. We were shocked. Uh, and he actually didn't make it out until a few seconds before the tip-off. But all of a sudden, he came running out of the tunnel like Superman. And he started <laughs> doing sprints on the sides with the strength coach and, uh, we were really excited to see him come back because, you know, anytime you see a kid who's hurt and has to be assisted off the floor by two other people, you think maybe he's done for the game. But uh, it's something about some of these kids today that they're, they're, they're well-built, they're strong, they're really resilient, and they can get back and bounce back. And I always said an athlete uh, is, is quicker to bounce back than a non-athlete, and you know R.J. Feldman is, is an athlete. 
No doubt about that. And when you talk about leaving the court and coming back on like Superman, it reminds me of ECU's home game last week. Brandon Johnson took a real shot to the face. And uh, this was not one of those cases, Coach, where you got a guy that, that gets hit and flops and, and fakes it and everything. He he took a real shot. Uh, he's able to, to get taped up, stitched up, whatever it was, come back in. So uh, these pirates are pretty tough out there. Yeah, in fact, you're right. That was a legitimate uh, a blow that he took to the face. And, um, and you know, you're always along when the trainers uh, take him to the locker room rather than to the bench because you know it's pretty serious. And he went to the back, and then he came back, and you could see the visible signs. There was swelling. He had, you know, stuff out of his nose. And, all, you know, you can look at his face. The first thing I thought when I saw him when he came back, I thought, man, I'm I'm glad he already has a girlfriend because he have a hard time getting one now. <laughs> he looked. <laughs> Michael Perry joining us. While you're talking about players and temperamental basketball players, I got a kick out of you the other day, Coach, when the teams were kind of, I guess, getting after it a little bit, doing uh, a little yapping, uh, a little pushing maybe. You said uh, basketball players don't fight. They talk. Football players, maybe they'll fight. But basketball players, it's all about the chirping. There's not much uh, fighting going on. Is that right? Yes, a lot of truth to that. I was quoting Bill Russell because he used to always say that Oh, uh, let them go ahead and talk all they want to talk. They're not going to do anything. They're basketball players. <laughs> football players, you have to be concerned. A fight could possibly break out. Well, basketball players, uh, not hardly. <laughs> and another thing, Coach, too, that during that game, I, I heard y'all talking about uh, the coaches on the ECU bench trying to get a fan kicked out. I don't know. Did you find any more information on that? That that was uh, a little odd to hear on the broadcast. Yeah, yeah that was. And Coach Schwartz talked about it uh, a little after the game. Um there was a fan, and, and um, you know, as it can be, you know, he, he kind of crossed the line. I didn't hear what he actually said, um, but it must have been something very offensive. And coach kept yelling to him, "You can't say that. You don't say things like that." And uh, and during the course of the game, and first uh, to be in the middle of a game, and coaches, I mean, like players, and Mike played ball, and he actually has coached for a long time. You kind of desensitize yourself from from things that you hear. Yeah. I mean, you really zone out. So for somebody to say something that you know, got his attention, um, it had to be pretty serious. Now, I haven't had a chance to ask him exactly what it was, but he did say after the game, hey, look, you can say anything you want to me or about me. He said, I can handle that. You know, that goes with the, that goes with the title of being a coach. He said, but there's certain things that you can't say to players. And he said, and that guy was continuing to do that. And he, you know, he needed to, he needed to be you know, be escorted out. And, uh, and you know, when anything like that happens, of course, when the coach starts calling a guy out, all the other fans in that area they're very animated. They start getting into it and becomes a big you know, back and forth. Um, but it was um, it had for me it had to be really alarming uh, for it to be something that a coach uh, takes offense to because of what they're saying. It must have been really inappropriate. And you know, Mike. Mike isn't one of these guys that's very animated and, and getting to back and forth with fans on the sidelines. That's not what he does. Yeah. Michael Perry joining us as he'll be on the call when East Carolina takes on South Florida. And the Pirates owe the Bulls one. Uh, Bulls got them twice in the regular season. I remember uh, specifically the game in Menji's coach and, and Tyler Harris putting on a show. Five of eight from three, eight for 13 from the field. He had 24 and the big fella, 54, had 20 points as well and seven rebounds. So uh, South Florida got ECU twice during the regular season. What stood out in those meetings, coach, that maybe the Pirates can reverse coming up on Thursday? 
Well, you mentioned the two guys right there. Tyler Harris had his way both games, and um, you know, he's a and he's he, he exemplifies uh, small guards with a lot of moxie, uh, a lot of swagger. Uh, he talks a lot. Uh, he's an experienced player. He's very talented. We remember his years at Memphis. Heck, he went to Iowa State for a year and played there a lot, and he came back to Memphis. And he's a Memphis kid and had a lot of success. And he's a, he's, you know, he, can, he can do everything. He can score it in the paint. He can score it from three, one of the best shooters in the league. Uh, he can get into the paint with his penetration. So he hurts you in so many ways because he can – He's a dual threat in being able to score and also be able to facilitate and make passes for his teammates. Um, but he had his will. And then the other thing about him, just the whole mental aspect of what he brings to the table. Um, uh, when you can talk and you can back it up, I mean, that's, that's saying a lot of himself. But their team feeds off of him. They feed off his, off his energy, uh, his enthusiasm of his play. Uh, he's a pest defensively. Um, but we just had no answer for him. Uh, and in true way, I mean, he's one of the biggest players in the league. I mean, he looks like Godzilla out there on the floor in a positive way. I mean, he's a physical specimen uh, for the eyes. I mean, he's impressive, great size, athleticism. And um, he, too, is a low. You have to put a body on him to match his physicality. But, but when Paolo Harris has the type of penetration that he has, it creates so many breakdowns in your defense, and it allows true way to actually have more freedom and accessibility to do what he does well close to the basket. So those are the two key guys. But they got a lot of good players as well. Very athletic team. And, uh, but everything is key by Tyler Harris. But I think the interesting thing about this game as opposed to before, if you remember, and no knock on Caleb um, McCown, but Caleb is a small little guard who, in this league, a lot of teams have attacked him yeah. uh, when he enters the game. He started both of those games. He was playing major minutes um, when we played them last. Jaden Walker has since become the starting point guard. At 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, he's a bigger defender. He's the team's best perimeter defender. He guards all the other opposing teams' best perimeter player. He'll be matched up to, with Harris, which will be a different matchup for him. So as opposed to him seeing a little guy like Caleb on him, but even some smaller guards, he's going to be matched up with a bigger guard who's really been doing a great job defensively. So there's going to be a change in terms of the team that South Florida sees um, tomorrow night against East Carolina, or tomorrow midday against East Carolina. Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, a different look uh, US, USF will get when they see the Pirates coming up on Thursday. Coach, looking at how East Carolina wrapped up the regular season uh, since we last spoke, East Carolina put together one of their best performances of the year against Tulane. Just a wall-to-wall victory where uh, you know, in control of the entire game. Turned around two nights later, lost a tight one to Tulane, and I don't know, Coach, uh, how much you you like to talk about officiating. There were some questionable charge calls, maybe some flops on Tulane's side down the stretch. Uh, East Carolina definitely didn't get the benefit of the calls there late in that game. No, and, and, and it was a really good officiating crew, so I don't think it was a, a question of a – and it wasn't a crowd. Sometimes when you're in a place, a, a big arena, and, and yeah. the crowds are faster and you feel that they're influencing officials, uh, that wasn't the case either. I mean, those calls could have probably gone either way, but it's just uh, for three offensive fouls to be called in the you know in the closing minutes of a game. You just don't see that. There were there were one or maybe two that were probably play on type plays, but they were deciding factors because you took three possessions away from the Pirates yeah. in the closing in the closing minutes of that game. Uh, but turnovers are going to be really important factor. I mean, there are two things going forward, turnovers and also, uh, you know, rebounding. I mean, Tulane 
doesn't have the size of some of the teams. You take that meat grind of a schedule the Pirates had to finish out the season with Houston, the two games with Tulane, and then Central Florida. Certainly, Houston is Houston. They're on a different level in terms of size, athleticism. I mean, they're the number one team in the country, for God's sake. And then you've got uh, Central Florida, who had, had been assessed with uh, a lot of injuries. Uh, they're finally getting back healthy. They were projected to be one of the better teams in the league, and they're playing like it now, and they've got great size. So those two teams gave the Pirates a problem because they didn't allow second-chance opportunities. They did so against Tulane. Uh, that was a, one of the few games this year, even though Tulane's an elite-level team, but one of the few teams in the league in which the Pirates have a size advantage on them, particularly inside. But it wasn't just the size advantage. The Pirates played harder. I mean, they were quicker to the basketball, certainly in the game in Greenville. Uh, but it created second-chance opportunities. I mean, they had 19 offensive rebounds in Greenville and 17 uh, in New Orleans, and uh, they put themselves in a position to win that game. But it was completely different against Central Florida in that Central Florida had an advantage on the offensive glass and second-chance opportunities, and that was the difference in the game. So you got to do a better job in, in, in trying to create some second-chance opportunities, which will be difficult against the South Florida team who rebounds the ball and has great size and athleticism. But then you got to take care of the basketball also. That's going to be important. One thing you didn't mention there, Coach, and as a former player and a former coach, I'm sure you don't like excuses, but the – three games in five days you know and and again don't take anything away from ucf they played great shot 50 percent, hit nine threes hit almost all their free throws you talked about the rebounding but how about the the legs of ecu was that a factor at all on uh sunday's loss Leg, legs are a little factor a little bit of a factor i, I don't think quite as much as sometimes uh, uh spectators fans and even commentators uh, uh realize because i think we have to take into consideration these are young guys. I mean, yeah. we travel. I, I know uh, just in the course of that travel, I was thinking to myself, man, this, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired of being on this flight. <laughs> I'm tired of just the travel. But the young guys aren't as fatigued from the travel as older people are. But the one area where I do think it's a really telling factor is the mental fatigue. And I thought that we started seeing some mental fatigue uh, with the Pirates. Uh, uh, certainly, they were they, they were the fresher team. They were sharper uh, against Tulane and Greenville. I saw that kind of decrease a little bit in the second game. And, of course, we traveled uh, to New Orleans. But against Central Florida, I thought there were some mental lapses with the guys that I think affected us because of mental fatigue. I mean, there were two, two instances on the free throw line where the ball was shot, and, 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 and our guys didn't, re- didn't react. That only happens as a result of mental fatigue. I mean, they didn't react. One time, the kid Hendricks, the best player in Central Florida, shoots a free throw. And then after he shoots the free throw, he um, he actually runs it down his miss and actually got it, but he just landed out of bounds. The Pirates never responded. That only happens because of mental fatigue. That happened twice. Not to mention mental fatigue can affect you just in your ball security. Unforced turnover. I mean, just... You won't even get pressured, and all of a sudden you like you travel, you fumble the ball out of bounds. That's all mental fatigue. So this rest for the last couple of days will help. We had a long day of travel yesterday, but still not on your feet. Um, you had a chance to kind of recalibrate mentally more than physically. So I think they're going to be better prepared mentally. But I thought at the end of that four-game four meat grinder, against Central Florida, I thought mental fatigue had an effect on the Pirates. Yeah. 
Great points from Coach Michael Perry joining us on the show today. Coach, I ask football players a lot uh, because on Saturdays you'll see the noon time slot, the 3.30 time slot, and then under the lights. And a lot of these football guys I talk to like to play early. Go ahead and get it out of the way, get out to the field, and uh, you still have a little bit of your day left after the game. With basketball, you play some weekend early games, but I'd say normally you're playing in the evening. How about you know basketball teams? Do you like kind of getting up, getting right out there on the court or is uh is that you know 12 30 tip off a little too early maybe we'll see an effect on that what do you think me personally I always hated playing that noon or 12 30 game in conference tournaments i hate it the arena feels like you're in a in a ghost town right <laughs> me personally however i think most players i think they like playing i don't think they like the late games you know nine or ten, 10 o'clock starts i think we had two nine o'clock star games um in the past week i know houston was and i think um um, Tulane. Another game. Yeah, Tulane was like a nine o'clock start. Look, you don't like those because you have to wait around all day to play. So I agree with football players. You hate waiting around. But I think uh, basketball players probably preferably prefer, you know, seven o'clock because that's what they're just so accustomed to. Now, I'll tell you one thing that is good, uh, I think, is an advantage for the Pirates. This semester they've gone to practice in, in the mornings. So I think being able to, you know, to, to get the juices flowing and get ready to play basketball. At twelve thirty, isn't that going to be that big of a factor for them? Because they practice in the mornings now. They go at either eight thirty or nine thirty, depending on the day. So they're accustomed to getting up and practicing. I think when a team is not, I think that early start time has more of an adverse effect on them. That won't be the case for the Pirates because they're used to getting up and uh, and, you know, and get get the, get get the puppies moving around a little bit. Coach, uh, another thing going on in Fort Worth is the women's tournament, and Kim McNeil's Pirates putting on an impressive show last night to knock off Tulane. They play Memphis tonight in the semifinals, and uh, just two wins away from going to the NCAA tournament. So uh, I don't, I, that was fun to watch last night, Coach, and uh, we're, we're pulling for your guys on th- on Thursday and hoping the women can get it done as well. Yeah, absolutely. I was glad to see them get a win last night. I'm always pulling for Kim. You know, she's a she's a former spotter, so. Of course, uh, all the best for her, uh, but it's great to see her get a really good win here. And they got some interesting developments in their league because the number one seed lost yesterday in South Florida. So uh, I'm not sure a lot of the women's teams are looking at it. The door is open for somebody to take advantage of it. So why not? Uh, the Pirates, but really hoping that they can continue the success that they've already started. Waiting for uh, to see what happens with your Spiders today, Coach. Uh, at, at the time of this recording, they have not tipped off yet. Uh, started with George Mason at 2 o'clock. Uh, but yesterday, 71-38 to 38 over UMass. I told you I was I was watching uh, that game, and, and man, couldn't believe my eyes. That was I looked at it before. I think Richmond was like a one-point favorite. They end up you know winning by 50 almost. Yeah, had a great, great... Um game yesterday and I think one of the reasons why and I think and I hope some of this carries over to some of our guys as well but uh, the really good player there who's preseason uh, all conference Tyler Burton uh, was not chosen to the first team uh, all 10 a 10 conference team and he had a monster game yesterday at 28 points and I've seen that happen year in and year out a kid feels slighted for not being uh, chosen to one of those teams so Hopefully, maybe something like that can happen with the Pirates. You know, one of our guys feels somewhat slighted, and they come out and, and have a monster game. We're going to need it tomorrow against South Florida. They're a good basketball team. 
great time of the year exciting times and uh hopefully the pirates can go on a little run here at least win one and get another crack at houston coming up on friday michael perry be on the call coach uh, always enjoy talking hoops with you thank you for joining us today and uh enjoy your time there have a great call tomorrow and we'll talk again uh, down the road take care god bless everybody michael perry joining us today on pirate radio live we'll take a break come back going down to the wire here with coach perry's richmond spiders spiders lead george mason 51 to 48 402 left to go in the game round two of the a10 championship on the buccaneer music hall scoreboard presented by the buck uh we've got pittsburgh leading georgia tech by five the yellow jackets have cut into that lead starting 10 to 2 in the second half so keep an eye on that one as well we got an ecu baseball lineup for you and we'll wrap up our one when we return after this You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Grab your amigos and join Chico's for their 40th anniversary party on Saturday, March 11th from 1 until 6 p.m. There's going to be live music and entertainment from the Purple School Bus and DJ Dog in the Chico's parking lot. It's the biggest fiesta of the year, and it's absolutely free. Make your plans now to be at Chico's this Saturday starting at 1 o'clock. And congratulations to Chico's on 40 years in business. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Lordy, lordy, look who's 40 chicos uh really poor break management today by the producers of pirate radio live i'd hate to be a pirate radio live producer in the monday meeting but that's something you guys are just gonna have to live with i guess it's something we've dealt with before and it's something that we'll have to deal with again yeah i mean it's something we'll have to get through again i think it's something we'll have to learn from again i think you guys do a pretty good job but uh not a good first hour from charlie and chandler today Wait, 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 wait. Glad, wait, wait, glad wait. you're having a spotless I'm doing. I just had a great interview, good opening <laughs> segment. I'm doing my job. You you're need you're to doing great. Beep, beep, back that trolley train right back up, son. <laughs> son. son. Did you sun me? I did sun she you. She sunned you. Here comes the sun. Do 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 do. Do 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 do. Shirley, or sorry, sorry, you're Chandler. Chandler, can you give us a uh, ECU baseball lineup? Absolutely. The starting lineups for your ECU Pirates. Batting first, the designated hitter, Luke Nowak. Batting second, the second baseman, Jacob Starling. Batting third, the right fielder, Jacob Jenkins Coward. Batting fourth, the first baseman, Josh Moylan. Batting fifth, the left fielder, Carter Cunningham. Who? Batting sixth, the third baseman, Alec Makarevich. Batting seventh, the shortstop, Joey Barini. Batting eighth, the catcher, Justin Wilcoxon, and batting ninth, the center fielder, Riley Johnson, Johnson. and the starting pitcher for your ECU Pirates, Jake Hunter. Hmm, all right. Uh, no Lane Hoover the in Hoover. the lineup today, so I'll try to get him over his struggles. Good to see Ryan McChrystal get an A-B and a hit last night. And his first at-bat of the year. So hopefully he is uh, healing up, and we'll see more of him, but Justin Wilcoxon 
back in the lineup as the starting catcher for the Pirates on this Wednesday game against Elon. Wild one against Queens last night that we'll recap at some point on today's program. We got a ton to get to. Shirley, you got nope, nothing. Well, I enjoyed no. the. Uh, I, I do want to say I enjoyed the minor league type, minor league esque broadcast on ESPN Plus last night. There was no talking, right? There was yeah, no talking, that, that, but was I like the like visual. N- no sound, and I thought it was, was better actually, than Duke. Uh, I was watching the game. Uh, on my phone, and I and when I pulled it up, I was like, "Is there something wrong with my phone?" And I went and did something else, and I got sound. So I went back, and I was like, "Well, I guess they're having some issue." And it just never had sound the entire time. I almost got Ronnie Woodward to throw his TV out the window by telling him that it was a problem with his TV and not the broadcast. <laughs> uh, and he takes to me back, uh, called me a bad name. Oh no. Yeah. Ronnie, be how, nice. How dare he? I saw Ronnie leaving the jungle the other day. How dare you? Did you? I did. Did you say hello? I said hello. You say goodbye, and I say hello. Second Beatles reference of the segment. <laughs> You're on a roll. <laughs> Strong Beatles segment here. We got to take a break as we do. Wow, the rambling wreck of Georgia Tech have come back down 13 at the half. They trail now by just one with 14 minutes left to go against Pitt in the ACC tournament. Earlier today, Wake Forest wins it on a three against Syracuse. Right now, the Spides, Richmond, leading George Mason 55-53 with 143 left to go in that one. St. John's, the Johnnies, a lead over Butler at the half, 44-29 in the Big East. Colorado, leading Washington 28-20 in Pac-12 tournament action on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by the Buck. The Buck. Well, we'll take a timeout, come back. We'll get our flight by Yingling ECU practice report, hear what Mike Schwartz had to say before the Pirates left town. Also follow along this ECU baseball game. Patrick Mason coming up. Hour two, Stephen Igo, hour three, giveaway, hour three. A lot more to go. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Thinking about a takeout tonight? Familia can make everything real easy for you with a great selection of Italian food and more. Visit FamiliaNC.com to see the full menu featuring pizzas, pastas, salads, and homemade desserts. Place your order online and call or call 689-6330. And Familia will have your order ready in their convenient drive through window for pickup. Finish up a busy day with a great dinner for yourself or your family with Familia. Familia on Fire Tower Road near Pitt Community College and Clip. A quick Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard update. Jacob Starling homered to left center field, and East Carolina jumps out to a 1-0 lead over Elon in the top of the first inning. Play it, Shirley. There's a Play it. Star bomb number three yes, sir. from the Pirate second baseman. You love to, to see, see it. it. Bless you? Bless you. No, it was a cough. Oh, <laughs> unbless you. I take my bless you back. I do not bless Alrighty you. righty then. All right, George Mason trying to win this game by more than two and a half. They lead George uh, Richmond 58-55. to 55. 
16 seconds left to go in the game. Pitt takes a one-point lead over Georgia Tech with a free throw, 11.55 left to go in that one in the ACC tournament. We are going to be doing a lot of updates on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck here uh, in the next few days. All right, Shirley, right now let's hear uh, what Mike Oops, I don't want sorry. to hear that. I know. That is Shirley, not what I want no. to hear. You're still screwing up. I mean. You know what? You can come over here and do this while I'm trying to do three other things. Oh, gosh. All right, then. Chandler, Hush. Chandler, your response? I, I don't have one. I'm just glad she didn't hit me. <laughs> <laughs> I was we, waiting for a punch. Verbal abuse is okay. If we could just not get physical in there, I'd appreciate it. I would, too. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Now that I think about it, verbal abuse, is, uh, physical abuse isn't the worst thing. You know, Shirley, I've heard that that's how people learn. What? Learn what they did wrong and don't do it again if they get punched, hit, slapped. So maybe that would actually work. I mean, that's how I learned. Okay. Well, Chandler? That's how I learned, too. And I guess I'm going to have to learn my lesson by getting punched by Shirley if I keep running my mouth. All right. Uh, let's hear what Mike Schwartz had to say yesterday on our Flight by Yingling ECU practice report. Flight by Yingling, next generation of light beer. Don't just raise a glass. Raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, wherever beer is sold, enjoy it during this March Madness season. Mike Schwartz, before he split town, talked to the media one final time. Here's what he had to say week with uh, four games in eight days and three in five days and two of them being on the road so that was a pretty unique stretch we just had um, but you know what the conference tournament time best time of the year for college basketball everybody's uh, zero and zero uh, in terms of starting fresh so we, we got back and we recharged regrouped re-energized refocused most importantly and head to see uh, for Thursday's game versus USF obviously familiar with USF um, played them twice this year just what do you remember about those matchups scoring ability in bunches and that ended up being I don't want to call it the difference because you know obviously we lost both games but both games we had a lead in the second half of that game we were up by one and they go on a a quick 10-0 run we never can get back in it you know we chip and fight back to six or seven but we couldn't get back in it Uh, and Tyler Harris was a big part of that then in Tampa a few weeks ago we get off to a great start it's a good first half competitive first half last three minutes of the first half they go on the same run Uh, they go on basically a 10-0 you know roughly a 10-0 run Uh, they end up up double digits and uh, we never could fight back we could knock it down to seven or eight in the second half again late in the game but their ability to score in bunches they're so good on offense starting with Tyler Harris anchored inside by by Shua so and they have so many good players uh, on the wings you know they're the third best offensive rebounding team in the league so they not only can they get it up and they can score and shoot the ball but they go rebound it so uh, just great respect for coach Gregory and their program and uh, you know they beat us twice and and we know we got our work cut out for us headed into this game is it it something where you got to try and shut down Harris Obviously, you want to, but or, or is it take a couple other guys out of the mix and then you, the point difference? I think you can go in with any game plan you want uh, in terms of saying, hey, we got to take him out or make it here or there. The bottom line is this. If Harris gets going for them, it's very difficult for us to stop. I mean, he's had two big games versus us. But if you just focus on him, they have way too many weapons. Uh, Shua has hurt us. Uh, Miguel has hurt us. Bryant has hurt us. So we, they, they got a dynamic offensive team. and. 
uh, you know, and, and, and they, they mix and match with their zone defense and their man defense. Again, they're a really good offensive rebounding team. We have to be solid. We have to be solid. We have to execute game plan. We have to do the job. And, and you know, you got to hope that uh, we can contain. It's very difficult just to shut down anybody's particularly really good team like that. We just hope we can keep contain their, you know, their, their production. Do you feel maybe better about yourself defensively with the way Jaden Walker's been playing? And I, I don't know if he had the same role when you guys played them before. Like, but That's a g- really great point. Uh, we looked at it, and, and the first time we played South Florida at home was the first game that Javon Small was out. It was coming back after that Cincinnati game. And, uh, you know, Jaden Walker at that point was playing zero point guard. Uh, you know, he really just had none. He was still playing on the wing. Heck, he was still playing a little bit in our front court as we were playing small. Second time we played him, we went back and watched the beginning of that game. Caleb LeCount got off to a great start. He really did great things for us. You know, as the game went, uh, you know, Harris got going, their guards got going, getting down to the paint. You got to keep them out of the paint because when they get in the paint, they're really difficult to contain. They're spreading the ball out. They're spraying it around. They run in transition. So, but that being said, Jaden Walker's playing his best basketball of the season, both offensively and defensively. So you hope that's something that gives us a different dynamic that maybe we didn't have quite as much in those games. I think that's an excellent point. We have seen Bailo the last few games. What's his status right now? Non-COVID illness that, that, that you know, he's not, you know, he's with the team and everything, but as far as being, you know, uh, able to play, you know, right now he's not playing. You hope to have him back Thursday maybe? Don't know yet. And then RJ as well, obviously going down. Right, right, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, he's a day to day right now with that. You know, he just uh, he rolled his ankle late in that game or in the second half of that game, and so uh, right now, day to day. And then, not to keep asking the question, no. no, but Javon, any chance we see him this week, or is it just a case he's not going to return? You know what? I think it would. I think it would something unique would have to happen for him to to come back. I mean, he's doing great. He's doing great. I just think we got to be smart. Uh, with everything that we do for him because most important more than anything is his health well-being and and his ability to continue to be 100 percent healthy and that's all that matters so if for whatever reason there's an opportunity and he feels that way and and, and nate and our training staff feels that way i know he's eager i know he's you know he's he's a competitor uh but it's not something we're expecting by any means coming off this this most recent stretch of you know you mentioned what three games five days um could that potentially help you guys just moving forward into this tournament where you can play, you know, back to back to back to back? And not if we play the way we played Sunday. You know, we don't want that to be because that that didn't turn out very well. But you know what it is? It definitely it shows how difficult it is. I think this team, you know, not from a minute standpoint. You know, we're not very deep. We don't play a lot of guys, so you wouldn't look on paper and say that hey, they're built to play more than one game. Right now, we got to focus on one game, and that's all that matters. Can we find a way to to go compete in that game? But if we were fortunate, or if it was a situation where we played multiple games, I love the mental resiliency of this team. I love the toughness of this team. I mean, four games in eight days, starting with Houston last week, and then you know, I thought, you know. Basically, we were right there in that Wednesday, in that Friday night game at Tulane, and and there was some things that happened in the last three minutes of that game that made it difficult to come out of there with you know with a road win. But uh, I thought for 80 straight minutes we really competed at a high level. Did it uh, you know did did it get some leery w- uh, legs on Sunday? Weary legs on Sunday, maybe. Uh, but uh, you know we just focused on one game right now, and, and we got to be at our best on Thursday. Mike Schwartz before heading to Fort Worth for the AAC tournament. 
All right, uh, that was our flight by Yingling ECU practice report. Catching up on some comments. Uh, TJ, sorry I ignored you earlier. He said, Clipper, I'm on the way to the Elon game. Do you want play-by-play? Yeah, I want pitch-by-pitch. So just update us on the YouTube chat. Strike, ball, strike, strike, foul. Update us every single pitch. Thank you. That'd be great. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Randolph, our buddy's in. Good afternoon, Chandler, Clip, and Shirley. Hit those likes, people. Thank you, Randolph. We have double-digit likes. That's the good news. Bad news. Still double-digit people, more people watching than we have likes. What are we doing? Hit the thumb. It's simple. Eric says, P-Mace better come prepared with a strong soup report this week. Hmm. We'll see if we have a soup update from Patrick Mason. Kevin says, Starman homered to start the scoring at Elon. You love to see it. All right, let's take a break. Come back. Patrick Mason will join us. We got a final in the A-10 tournament. George Mason defeats Richmond by five. They advance. Right now, Pitt has a four-point lead over the rambling wreck of Georgia Tech as they play in the second half. 7.46 left to go in the ACC tournament. Those scores on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by DeBuck. DeBuck. Take a timeout, come back, talk baseball, hoops, and more with Patrick Mason, who has a cool lid. Is that a new lid? New lid alert? He says he's had it for a while. Tell us about it on the other side. A fresh lid from Patrick Mason when we return after this. Country Mart has been locally owned and operated. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Town Insurance is your premier independent insurance agency for maximizing opportunities to minimizing risk. Town's insurance advisors offer expert professional advice to clients of all sizes. For personal or business insurance questions call 756-8300 today and clip quick buccaneer music hall scoreboard update uh from elon joey barini scored on a throwing error by the catcher and then riley johnson singled up the middle scoring justin wilcoxon east carolina leads three nothing in the top of the second inning still uh, uh one out in the inning and one runner on base good uh for ecu to get out early for once seems like they have been having to come from behind quite a bit this season uh as they did last night against queens but out to a early lead over elon the phoenix of elon all right uh patrick mason joining us with a uh a fresh iowa flat bill that's a good looking hat thanks man yeah it's back it's tournament time tournament time for the hawkeyes that's right what is the uh what are the chances they can make a run i don't know they're if they get hot i think they could beat anybody um you know they, they can shoot so they, get, they got the winner of ohio state and wisconsin which plays the big 10 tournament is nuts by the way i remember like leading up to it 
everybody was basically like tied for third or yeah. something like everybody had the same record yeah it was nuts so there's going to be a lot it really doesn't matter who the higher seed is in that tournament every game should be pretty good right yeah so, we could have had the two but they dribbled it down their leg at the end of the season so mm. fran didn't stare hard enough at his team <laughs> apparently all right where to begin today i guess while we're talking hoops we'll stick there first of all the women patrick getting a win last night against Tulane and advancing to the semis they take on Memphis at seven o'clock and you know everything it was exciting last night everything really got going though when South Florida lost like that was a whole new lease on life it felt like for ECU it was incredible like it just like that that dam that like you know that blocking whatever it is the roadblock got out of the way I mean now it's just like hey the tournament's wide open everyone's thinking hey man we, we can get to the tournament now and uh, I thought that was really cool because obviously that was a team that really no one really wanted to play, and um, obviously they uh, I think they had one loss all year in the conference. So um, just to get them out of the way is huge, and it just kind of opens up the path for something special. And all ECU has to do is beat teams they've already defeated. Uh, outside of SMU, they lost by one, went zero and one. Every team that was left in the tournament there, uh, ECU had defeated this year. That includes Memphis, who they split with, lost at home, won on the road. Yep. Yeah, I think that if I remember correctly, the Memphis game was, oh my goodness, it was some like Wednesday game. But Education like, day type yeah, thing. Yeah, and they, and they should have had that game, and they just kind of gave it up at the end. And um, I mean, like you said, everything is winnable for them. And I mean, they looked really good at times yesterday. Um, you know, Tulane made a, a late run. I think they went like 15 and three run to close the third and tied up the score. And then ECU just put the clamps on and went away from it. So, I mean, it was really fun. And Maya Joyner was rebounding literally everything. Like, she was just a beast. And uh, there was one she got a rebound, went coast to coast, 360 layup. Oh, yeah. I mean, sweet. it was incredible. It's like, wow, you know, that's, that's special. So, if, if they just keep playing well, I mean, obviously, like you said, they can beat anybody. Uh, so, to win last night without McNeil, like, I expected Nate McNeil to come out and have 25 tonight uh, after struggling last night to win without her. I think said a lot about this team. Yeah, and for Micah Dennis to score a bunch, Sania Johnson to score a bunch, I mean, you could see what Tulane, they said, hey, if we're going to lose, you know, Danae McNeil's not going to be the reason. And, I mean, they were doubling her. Every time she was dribbling, you know, off a screen, they just collapsed on her. And, you know, she she made a ton of good decisions, and she, um, you know, made some good defensive plays. But, yeah, to win without, I think she scored, what, seven, eight yeah. points? So, I mean, just, just to win with without her, you know, carrying the load was huge. And it just shows that, you know, they had some players that step up at the right time. I looked at women's bracketology. I was curious after South Florida lost to see you. Okay, what's it look like now? They had Memphis going in as the automatic qualifier and had them as a 13 seed playing North Carolina in Chapel Hill, <laughs> uh, which is the last time the men went to the tournament. Uh, they took on North Carolina, uh, who won the championship. Last time the women made the tournament, they played Rutgers, who went to and won did they win or lose yeah the they won they won it that year yeah so all we do wow. is play against the eventual champions <laughs> yeah now both of those teams were 16 seeds it had memphis as the 13 which memphis and ecu very similar you would think if ecu made it they'd be around that 13 line i guess yeah i mean very similar i think their you know net is is different but um i mean in the conference wise it, it really just came down to memphis percentage points like they played one fewer game in conference play so that's how they got the two seed um you know i guess they're in the same round at this point so yeah. i guess it really doesn't matter but yeah i mean they're very similar and i, I don't know the more i look at this though 
like you just you just don't want to be the team that plays ECU. I mean, I think ECU has its own shortcomings, you know, just shooting the ball particularly, but just defensively, I mean, you really got to be on your stuff to play this team, and you know they they can kind of get you any night. And I think if they can kind of keep this intensity up, you know, anything's possible for them. Patrick Mason joining us inside the Pirate Radio Studios, women's hoops tonight. If East Carolina beats memphis tonight we will have a triple header at pirate radio tomorrow we'll have our watch along at 12 30 for ecu and south florida we'll have pirate radio live from three to six and we'll have our first ever women's basketball watch along as the pirates try to make it to the ncaa tournament so that's what's on the line it's gonna be fun i mean i I was fired up watching yesterday just just watching how excited they were and just like how they played and you know, as you know, Sydney and Johnson afterward was just like, you know, we're we're coming for it. You know, we, we yeah. didn't come here to win one game, and I, I just love well, that fire. It was know? a good mix of seeing how excited they were, and also just seeing how subdued they were after the win. Like, all right, this is why we're here. Yeah, like, like it wasn't there wasn't any Gatorade bass or anything. Right, like they expected to win, which I think is is pretty cool. All right, uh, on the men's side. Um, their path to the NCAA tournament looks a lot more difficult than the women. <laughs> yes. uh, unless, uh, and there's no way Houston, unless Houston doesn't make the trip, uh, they will be awaiting the winner of ECU and South Florida. And uh, Houston is a juggernaut, as we saw in Minji's uh, a couple weekends ago. But uh, the Pirates trying to win uh, a conference tournament game for the first time in a long time. And to do so, they might have to do it undermanned, obviously without Javon Small. We're hoping that uh, R.J. Felton's good enough to give it a go. Talked to Michael Perry a moment ago. He was super impressed with the way R.J. came back to the game on Sunday and was able to close it out. And you heard Mike Schwartz earlier talking about, you know, can he you know, deal with the soreness? How's he feel today? How's he feel tomorrow? But, man, without R.J., I don't like our chances at all. With him, uh, we got a, you know, got a shot to beat USF. Yeah, you, you basically you need RJ to play, and you know I don't I don't know if it was a little bit of gamesmanship or you know if it's really in doubt. But Mike Schwartz just you know he kind of said you know day to day, and we're gonna keep monitoring it. But yeah, I mean you need him to play. I mean he is a guy who just is ball dominant. He gets the ball and when you need it, and just you know he he scores and he flies in from everywhere and gets rebounds. I mean he's probably one of the hardest working players in the team. So you definitely you need that. I mean if you don't have that, you're already at a huge disadvantage. Uh, Patrick, do you recall the first two meetings, especially? the one here in greenville when east carolina lost to uh usf uh mm-hmm. and what i remember is the little guard tyler uh, harris. <laughs> harris from memphis and then the big fella inside who had a huge second half against east carolina and uh they hit him in in multiple ways inside and outside yeah and i, I think you know i actually asked mike schwartz about this was maybe the difference coming into this matchup is just the way uh Jaden walker has been playing and yeah. just playing the point guard and just you know being being that guy with the ball but also defending you know an on-ball defender so it's, i guess it's kind of curious you know how they're gonna kind of play that matchup with tyler harris because you know he has obviously the ability just to jack threes and hit them all so um you know i know caleb account was on him a lot and yeah. you know so I, I think if you can maybe just find a, a different defensive answer i don't know if there is an answer but just a different defensive option for that you know things could go your way yeah my dad really enjoys the uh too too small uh talk because <laughs> chandler and i do that quite a bit watching games in Minji's and if I recall uh, Lewis hit LeCount with the too small yeah. a couple times which there's no other player in the country he can do that too right yeah it's very few you know and you can actually pull that out and it's like oh you know this, this actually kind of works legitimate but, yeah uh, so that's uh, if Houston's not to cut down the nets do they cut down conference tournament nets I don't 
I think so. I guess some teams do. Yeah. I guess it depends. It's like, you know, the Stanley Cup. Do you touch the trophy before but you go there? But there are some teams that have national championship aspirations that won't. Like, uh, right. But some teams do. If it's not Houston at the end in Fort Worth, who would win this conference? That's the thing. Like, maybe someone who gets Houston. Like, I, I, don't, I really don't know an answer. I think it's kind of like the women in a way where South Florida was kind of like the clear favorite and there's kind of a jumble behind them. And... uh you know, I don't know. Like, I, honestly, uh, maybe two weeks ago, I was thinking Tulane might have a shot. I know. And, and then now, just the way they they closed the season, it was so head scratching. And like, even you know, they, they just didn't get it together. It was really weird. So they're. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like they're a good team, but like seeing them two games against East Carolina, they if they're the third best team in the league, we are a lot better than I thought we were. You know, yeah, what I'm saying? for like, sure. <laughs> and that's where they finished. Uh, Memphis had Houston on the ropes over the weekend. Houston able to survive. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's Houston's to lose, clearly, yeah. but we've seen uh, we've seen it happen before. So. Yeah. I mean, Houston just – it's a different breed of basketball. I mean, they just look like grown men out there, and they're they're serious. But, you know, I guess if you're number one and everyone's coming for you, you're going to slip up eventually. And, you know, they almost did against Memphis. But it, it's, it's definitely theirs, theirs to lose. Patrick Mason joining us inside the Pirate Radio studios. All right, we got ACC tournament game two today going down the stretch, and Georgia Tech trying to stay alive. They are down by six to Pitt, 79-73, 218 left to go in that game. St. John's cruising right now over Butler by 15 with about 10 minutes left. Colorado a one-point lead over Washington in the Pac-12 tournament, 44-43, with about 12 minutes left to go. 5 o'clock tip-off, St. Joe's George Washington as they continue in the A-10, DePaul Seton Hall in the Big East. A lot of games coming up tonight, including North Carolina Boston College at 7 o'clock, NC State and Virginia Tech scheduled to tip around 9.30. So wall-to-wall college basketball and uh, even more games coming up on Thursday with the AAC tournament beginning. Uh, Big Ten. Where are we at with the Big Ten? Did you mention when they get going? Yeah, they kick off tonight. Ohio State, Wisconsin tonight, 6.30. Uh, Winner gets Iowa. That's right. And then after that, oh, Minnesota, Nebraska. I'm going to stay up late for that. (laughs) Do not watch that if you (laughs) value your sanity. I have uh, some Minnesota basketball related (laughs) questions tonight at Sports Trivia at AJ's, which Patrick uh, made his debut appearance last week i did uh what'd you think it was fun man i, I loved it i gotta I gotta make that part of the regular routine because i had a good time yeah did you uh assist in any answers i assisted on a few there there was some I, you know i was just out of my league but yeah i assisted on a few especially like the big 10 you know when it got into that uh, aspect and some of the baseball <clears throat> questions i think i stepped up a little bit but all right you know it was definitely more of a team effort for sure <laughs> good to hear um ronnie woodward and his crew will be coming out tonight chandler so another competitor uh, for you to play against all right let's uh take a break when we return more with patrick mason we'll continue to get you uh keep you updated on what's going on we'll talk some baseball when we return update the score and uh talk about last night's win against queens pirates needed extras to do it but they got the job done more to go pirate radio live back with you after this
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Country Mart has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years and is your premier country store serving the best excuse me, cheese, biscuits, and country food around. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. And both locations are top-of-the-line fuel stations serving shell gas, including 93-ethanol-free high-octane gas. Country Mart, fueling you up with great foods and your engine with great gasoline. And a quick uh, Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard update. Elon had the bases loaded with two outs. But the batter struck out looking, and they can't push any of those road, uh, excuse me, runs across. So East Carolina is still holding on to that three nothing lead, heading into the top of the third. All right, there is your update on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck. Dub Buck getting a lot of K's early, looks like from Jake Hunter, the Pirates righty, getting the start. Um, we'll talk baseball in a moment, but first, it's time to play. Guess the line. Have you seen the line on tonight's women's game, Patrick? No. Chandler? Shirley? No, I haven't. All right, I'll let you go last. Uh, Chandler, what is the line for Memphis, East Carolina? Split during the regular season. Pirates won by eight on the road, lost by eight at home. What's the line tonight? I'm going to say Memphis minus three. All right, uh, Patrick? Man, I was going to say two and a half Memphis. Two and a half. Shirley? I'm going to go three and a half East Carolina. One of you is a is exactly right and that person there was no reason to even ask patrick or shirley because chandler gave us the answer right out of the gate a field goal memphis minus three i love that it it makes sense yeah just because probably seating and stuff but like i don't know It, it, it seems seems right on yeah um speaking of memphis and uh and three I look back at Ricky Brooks's no-hitter that he threw for East Carolina in the mid to late 2000s. I saw this. I was at that game on Sunday. Did you see that tweet, Patrick? I don't think so. The Memphis starting pitcher had a good game. That that was a really fast Sunday ball game. Usually Sunday games kind of lag. You got your your bottom of the rotation in, uh, your bullpens are done, and you see a lot of 15 to 7s or whatever. This was a quick one. It was a no-hitter thrown by Ricky Brooks. The opposing pitcher that day for Memphis is a three-time Pro Bowl kicker and multi-time Super Bowl champion named Steven Goskowski. Hey. Went to Memphis on a baseball scholarship, walked on to the football team, was a starting pitcher, and eventually uh, got a lot of money kicking in the NFL. Isn't that wild? Like, you're really good with your arm, and then you make money with your leg? He's just got awesome extremities. <laughs> I, apparently. This guy is wild. Like his body, nothing to write home about. Subpar, but his extremities. Athletic uh, limbs. One, yeah, one side of his extremities. Just, <laughs> just the right side. Yeah, he, Left side's nothing. Really good at throwing and kicking things. I wonder what he was like as a toddler. Or something. You should see him throw left-handed. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. And kick. It's awful. Yeah. Right. But it, on his right side, man, he's all right. So, Stephen Goskowski, <laughs> uh, put that in your trivia pipe and smoke it. 
All right. Uh, Pirate baseball rallies last night to knock off Queens, and people were freaking out. A, <laughs> because the broadcast had no sound. B, because the Pirates were wearing Easter candy uniforms. C, they were losing to Queens. Yes. But at the end of the day, they get the win, and all is right with the world, Patrick. The uniform freakout is unwarranted. It's one time. I think it's pretty cool. Like, I liked it. It's something different. How about two times? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Three times. You, okay, go ahead. I, <laughs> so I, it, could be, it could be your midweek uniform. I, I'm just a dude who just really, like, does not care what you wear. Just go out and play. But, like, I actually thought it was kind of cool. It's, it's, like, reminding me of, like, the color rush, you know, in the NFL yeah. Thursday games. Just something different. I, mean, I don't mind being fun. different. I don't, again, I, I'm pretty uh, liberal when it comes to the uniforms, uh, changes in sports. I roll with the punches. But if I had my way, I would have, I like, and I'm speaking more so to Major League Baseball, but really baseball across the board. I want white uniforms at home, gray on the road. I want the white uniforms at home to say the team's nickname, Braves. On the road, I want road gray that says Atlanta, the city name. Yeah. And that's the way it is. As I said earlier this week, that's how I was raised, Patrick. Because baseball is like a traditionalist kind of thing, <laughs> yeah. right? But I also like like the vests in baseball. I think that looks pretty cool. That was a real 90s thing, I want to say. Yeah. Um, Marl- we should name every team. Like the Reds had them. Marlins had them. Mm-hmm. Trying to think who out the Diamondbacks maybe ah, maybe not. I goes Mariners maybe maybe Diamondbacks uh, feels right white pinstripe uh-huh. they went crazy they went pinstripe and cut off yeah and then they added like the rattlesnake and you know the whole thing yeah so I mean look jerseys like everything else out of control in sports and to do this one time it's okay I'm also not a fan of the uh, color on color baseball uniforms because they look like pajamas. Yeah, you could have had some like a tone, right? You could have different pants. You could have white pants, or you could have you know different kind of pants with it. But yeah, but again, is... I don't like that either because I like white and gray. So I am I am uh, very stuck in my ways on this <laughs> uniform traditionalist I, for baseball, like for basketball and football and other things. I don't mind mixing it up. Like uh, when I was growing up, Washington wore white at home, and were one of the very few. Washington and Dallas wore white at home. A lot of other teams, I would say almost all the other teams, wore color at home. Yeah. And I was kind of fascinated by that because I felt like anytime Dallas was in the blue uniforms, you had a chance to beat them. You'd never beat them when they were wearing white. But like every other NFL team, think about it, wears their color at home yeah. and not white. I'm kind of coming around. Like I think just baseball in general, I'm definitely coming around to you know bat flipping and celebrating and like at a very lesser extent, like just wearing a funky jersey is, is pretty cool. Like, I, I don't know. It's just something different. Like, anything to get people more involved, and apparently it sounds like people were less involved because they hated it. <laughs> I like it. I, I, just something different. Definitely different. Uh, how'd you feel about those awful Bears orange jerseys they wore against Washington this year? Yeah, they were they were kind of weird, but yeah. if, like, if you wear it one time, I like it. If You can't have, that like, your main uniform. All right. Then it becomes awful. One-time Patrick. Yeah. The one-timer. That's right. But... Air- I was just going to say, but going to the game, I mean, that, that pitcher from Queens, was he was a horse, man. I'm not ready to go to the game yet. <laughs> we got way too much more to talk about. Eric says, if they were all purple or all gold type of color rush jerseys, then yes, but those powder puff jerseys got to go. Yeah. <laughs> Newton says, if you're wearing the Barney Lavender, wear dark purple tops and lavender pants, all purple caps. 
Because then you just want your color, the whole thing. But that's the whole point of a different uniform. <laughs> just, just be a little different. People don't like change, man. I People do not. not like change. I mean, you don't have to wear it. All right, now you can talk about. And you could barely, you couldn't, like you said, you couldn't hear that at the broadcast. I guess maybe that made it worse. You had to stare at it with no sound. There was a lot to be angry about last night. Uh, but the Pirates get one in the ninth, three in the tenth to win it. But you were speaking on that uh, pitcher that we saw. Yeah. He was, Daniel Buff Bagwell. Man, he, he balled out yesterday. Like, you can be all upset, but he, he just pitched a whale of a game. Like, it is what it is. 129 pitches thrown, uh, eight hits, two earned runs, walked a couple, struck out seven, and uh, and did his job. I also want to give credit to Garrett Saylor, who's kind of working on getting his strength back after uh, a sickness he suffered and lost 10 pounds uh, to start the season and got off to a rough start, but kind of the Garrett Saylor story, facing adversity, bouncing back, all that, uh, ends up going five innings for East Carolina, allowing two earned runs on three hits. Yeah, it was a really solid start. And honestly, I mean, he there was nothing wrong with his start, in my opinion. Like, I think there was some... Maybe some misplays in the outfield as well that kind of contributed a little bit. But, I mean, he pitched over it, and I, I think he, he pitched awesome. You know, and I think he started two games last year, and he wasn't really successful doing that, and he was awesome out of the bullpen. So to go back into that role and, and really shine, especially coming off an illness like that, I, I thought he did great. We are used to seeing East Carolina play a stellar plus-plus defense year after year, and that so far this season, it's early, but that has not been the case this year. It hadn't been as clean. Right, and... I wonder if it's just early in the season and stuff, or it's just guys just playing new positions and, you know, being uncomfortable a little bit. And, you know, like Luke Nowak started as a DH. He's coming off a, you know, an offseason surgery. Then he's thrown out in the outfield. He's probably just getting his bearings a little bit. And, um, you know, not to just single him out too, but just kind of everywhere. It's just kind of been a little bit sloppy at times, but also, you know, they, they can still make some good plays. I think it was, uh, what, Saturday? They had three errors or something. Yep. Um, and a pass ball that scored another run. So, um, you know, if obviously if you can clean that stuff up, they'll be fine. But, yeah, it is, has been a little shaky to start. Trying to get Lane Hoover going. Got him out of the lineup today. Give him a day off. And uh, he has made so many clutch at-bats uh, for East Carolina in his career and uh, has done so many good things. You, you hope he can find it because uh, he's been a big part of their success. He has struggled here to start this season. Yeah, he's incredibly valuable. I mean, he's just his bat-to-ball skills and just putting the ball in play is super valuable. And I, I have no worries or no uh, issues thinking that he's going to um, round back into format. He, he's going to be just fine. Just like you said, maybe give him some little break here. I mean, they played a ton of games. They got three over the weekend, two in the midweek, and then three coming up against a tough Liberty team. So, yeah, just give him a little rest, and he'll be fine. 3 nothing at last check. Charlie, are you keeping an eye on that? Any updates, ECU and It's still 3-0, bottom of the third. Jake Hunter, by the way, dealing because he's already got five strikeouts on the afternoon, and he's only gone two and a third. I like that. You get these midweek games, Patrick, and you see a lot of one-inning, two-inning work. Sailor goes five. We'll see if Hunter, he's working his way through the third here, how long he can go. And, uh, and that's very valuable in these five-game weeks to get these guys going four or five innings. Yeah, it's incredibly valuable just to save the bullpen. And right now, I think ECU is kind of figuring out their bullpen yeah. as well. Like, you know, they, I think they have a couple guys they feel comfortable with, but there's a lot of other spots where, you know, it's it's up in the air. You know, guys have to come and prove themselves. So um, just to take that pressure off and, you know, not have the bullpen cover six, seven innings is, is huge. Uh, Patrick, do you think ECU is a little left-handed heavy in the lineup? <laughs> yes, I, I do. <laughs> uh, Will, I, William said, 
Credit to Mason for asking the tough questions and standing your ground with Godwin. I go and the other reporters need to take a sip of what you're drinking. And what is he drinking? Hot soup. To, to be fair, uh, Stephen was not uh, did not cover that game, um, but you know Stephen does a good job as well. But yeah, I I, I don't know. I I just thought it was a fair question. Um, it was. It's not, and and he's <laughs> going to answer the way he answers. Like it's not a huge deal, right? right. Now, I mean, you don't have a vendetta against Cliff Godwin no. moving forward, and no. I don't think he has one against you either. It's right, one and of like, those and you know he at the top of that the interview you know he said that that lefty was tough against left-handers so i think that was that's why i asked the question and then you know you come back the next day and i think i asked cliff you know two or three questions and he answered him fine you know we went about yeah. our business professionally and we, we kind of moved on but you know in, in that moment i just thought hey you know this is part of what played into the game so i'm going to ask about it and in, uh, in defense of cliff so what was the question? Do you wish you weren't so left-handed? Yeah, dependent? I think it was something to the effect of like, do you wish you, yeah, weren't so you know left-handed dominant in a lineup because they had seven starting I, left-handed batters and then they had an eighth when they pinch hit. So I, I mean, guess, he could have said yes, but there's nothing I could do about it. Like you know, right? Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like you know, I guess you can answer it how you want, but yeah. I, it was just you know something you can say. Yeah, you know, yes, I wish we would have be a little more balanced. Or it's say, glaring when you watch a game and yeah. see all those lefties. And now if you get good left-handed pitching, and we've talked to uh, what have they done to combat that? Well, when we talked to Moylan and, and JC and all them, you know, they face a ton of left-handed pitching uh, in the off season and BP and all that to try to combat it so yeah and i was wondering too if he would just say hey you know we we actually don't look at handedness and these right. guys have you know maybe opposite splits or i mean it'd be the same thing if you got eight righties in a lineup against a tough right-hander you know you'd, you'd wonder the same thing don't you wish you had some different just different looks to show the pitcher and you know so all right uh eric earlier said p better come prepare with the strong soup report this week he just said yes soup talk soup perfect day for some chowder uh, you had soup in the last week? I haven't, but I'm actually uh, planning on making... I guess it's not really Making? Soup, but yeah, I was going to make some um, some chili, actually. Okay. I know it's not really soup, huh. but it's kind of just... It's like one of the last few days when it kind of gets a little cold, some good chili kind of day. Um, I also had some thoughts of, you know, making some uh, broccoli cheese soup. Mm. So it's definitely been like, you know, I've been thinking about it. I've been looking at some recipes, so um, mm. I haven't gotten around to it, but... It's definitely in the in the docket. Yeah, I uh, I might go back to the old well. I, I made some ish, uh, and need to do that again this weekend. Uh, you know what I hadn't had in a while? Some good like broccoli cheese uh, potato soup. Oh, the yeah, the potatoes and soup is a, it's a game changer. Yeah, it's so good. It's uh, you get soft and yeah. it's just uh, yeah, kind of melt just, in your mouth. It's a good bite. Yeah. You know, <laughs> soup talk. It's back. Remember talking soup, talk soup on E. Yeah, was it just called like the soup? The soup, maybe something like that. See, I think. Um, oh boy, you had Greg Kinnear, John Henson, Joel McHale was the Joel one that McHale. I always watched it. John yeah. Henson was my favorite guy. Joel McHale's in a show I really love, Community. Um, yeah, Patrick, we've heard it's not like it's some indie show. We it hope. kind of is. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> ah, I like your fire. It absolutely hey, kind of is. William, did you see that? Check out Mason <laughs> over here getting pumped up about community. Like my indie show. I bet there's so many people who have not watched that show. <laughs> All right. Uh, your host of Talk Soup. We'll get back to that in a moment. Greg Kinnear, 91 to 95. John Henson was in my wheelhouse. Uh, Hal Sparks and then Aisha Tyler. And then The Soup came out joe McHale. okay uh that was 2004 and 
Joe McHale as host and co-writer, air till 15. That's the one I remember. Yep. Um, so there you go. Uh, so Community. I uh, didn't watch it when it aired. It was I too did. indie for you? It was way too off the radar. I was like, what? <laughs> NBC? Do I have this channel? How do I find that? Is that on some satellite dish? Uh, but I did go back and like binge it or whatever once I got in the streaming deal. So uh, it was a funny show. It's on Netflix right now, and, that, and that's like literally the show where if I turn on Netflix, I just put on Community if I just don't want to pay attention. I wish there were more episodes, but I do that a lot with the rest of development. Yes. The first three seasons of that are just incredible. Did and then you just it, yas? Yas. Yas, queen. And then, and then when it went off the air and it came back and they're all old, I, I, ah, no, I, I can't sucked. do that. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Gillian Jacobs because she's on Comedy Bang Bang a lot. Yeah. And she was on Community. Britta, right? And uh, she's uh, she's very funny. All right. There you go. Cool, cool, cool. I think we're done. Anything else? Six seasons in a movie. Iowa, if they lose tomorrow, are they in the tournament? Yeah, I think so. Okay. They're safely in. I think so. Big Ten's getting almost everybody in. Yeah. Big Ten, Big 12 is going to pack the field of 68 this year they just all beat up each other you know in the in the season but i think they have a good enough resume um was iowa the team that lost to northwestern state on a buzzer beater that's one of my favorite buzzer beaters Northwestern of all state, time yeah. it's entirely possible um when you think of tournament buzzer beaters what do you think of uh maybe it's like a kemba walker shot oh yeah he did it that was a big east tournament yeah he was. Uh, he did a lot of those. Northwestern State. It was on a black court. Shocks Iowa. What year was that? Uh, two thousand six. Okay. And I love the call from uh, Vern Lundquist. <laughs> so let's hear it. And I think uh, Raftery might have been on it too. Uh, Northwestern State, Iowa. I love this too. By the way, now everything is so uniform. We've got our cute NCAA blue courts. Back then, they used to play on these wacky home courts. This is uh, it says Oakland, I guess. It's got the black uh, painted black inside the three point line. Like their own vinyl on it. The key is black. I used to like the different looking courts, and now we don't get that. See, I'm traditional when it comes to <laughs> baseball. I wanted to be nice and uniform. Basketball, I like a little wackiness. I like a little something on the court. Let me see if as I as long can, as no uh, one's wearing the wackiness. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's see if uh, people look at this shot from the corner. Haluska got a good look at the other end. Haluska basketball has the best playing of the rim. <laughs> I know, like in and the NBA, it doesn't, doesn't you know come close. Credit to uh to technology too the the rims have gotten louder the bricks are harder yeah uh the nets the makes are louder as well yep. it's like it's so fresh when you make but that college for whatever reason just that rim you know that iron sound is incredible so do you don't remember this not really see i wasn't huge into college sports until i went to college oh i see like there was just so many like just pro outlets for me and you, did, you didn't grow mix. up a Iowa guy not no not really honestly yeah. okay. and then i went to iowa and i've just you know loved them ever since but all right. Uh, well, there you go. There's a little history lesson for you. And I went to Iowa in 08, so like just like a couple years before uh, my fandom. 10-4. All right. Uh, thanks for hanging out, Patrick. Thanks. 
Uh, William says Hunter throwing seeds out there, six Ks through three, starting to feel a little better about paying seventy four ninety nine to watch one game on Flow Sports. Uh, I had to take out a decision. loan to get that Flow Sports uh, deal. Die hard. Uh, let's take a break. Hour three on tap. We'll update you on everything going on, including Pirate Baseball. Stephen Igo will join us. We'll have a giveaway. All that and more. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, Order Jersey Mike subs on the mobile app and get delivery right to your home or save time and order ahead to skip the line to pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's a sub above. And a quick uh, Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard update. And East Carolina still leads 3-0 in the bottom of the fourth inning. And as we mentioned before, Jake Hunter pitching very well. Six strikeouts, only three walks and allowing two hits in four innings. Clip. All right. Thank you, Shirley. That is positive news. Um, here's some news. I think Jim Beheim's done. He gave a speech after his game that was kind of like it sounded like a retirement speech, but not quite. And in true, like, whiny, sarcastic, jerk, Beheim fashion, he said, I gave my retirement speech on the court last Saturday, and I gave it to the press conference afterwards. Nobody figured it out. Well, just say you're retiring. Why do you got to do this stuff? But that's the way uh, Jim Bayham likes to go about things. I kind of respect it. I get a little cantankerous and sarcastic at times, pretty much all the time. Uh, Stephen Iger is here. He wanted to say something. Let me introduce him before he does. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Clip. Jim, Sorry. Uh, yeah, that uh, that's interesting. He... I guess his last game is going to be a uh, dagger three-pointer at the buzzer, basically, by Wake Forest. In Greensboro, which he (laughs) did not want to play, correct? His least favorite place. Did not like going there, and he's done. Uh, But it's about time. He has been around forever. Got that one championship with Carmelo, and that is all. I heard a discussion about it was uh, Jeff Nadeau and Rico Bosco talking about how there are very few active coaches that have won a championship and of those coaches even fewer like three coaches have won a championship that are still coaching since 2010 it was like uh bennett drew and uh self and they were going over other names they didn't mention bayon but they mentioned bob huggins just think about how long bob huggins has coached and he's been to like one final four i think like it just shows how hard it is and how hard the ncaa tournament is how it's designed for the best team to not always win does patino still count uh yeah his championship gets stripped away dude all the little does he only have one at louisville he didn't win at kentucky tubby won at kentucky did patino i need some trivia people to chime in that's a good question I always count that one. I hate the takeaway of championship. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't even know if it did or did not, but it's just a question I have. 
Uh, Elon gets on the board in the bottom of the fourth leadoff double by Sprock. The game tracker I'm following does not have a first name, so I'm just going to go last name here. Surely it sounds like a Star Wars, uh, Star Trek guy, Sprock. Casella singles home Sprock, and then Casella is caught stealing at second. See ya, Justin Wilcox gunning him down. That was a great throw. Yeah, phenomenal throw. 3 1. Bottom four, East Carolina leads. Patino did win one at Kentucky, so there you go. There you go. Uh, Shirley, you were going to say? Uh, I was going to give you the name for Sprock, but it disappeared down here at the bottom of my screen. So. Sprock. He just goes by one name. He goes name. by Sprock. He's like Ichiro. Yep. <laughs> he is compared to Ichiro in a lot of ways, Stephen. All right. Uh, Pirates leading right now, 3-1 to one on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard, presented by the Buck. Good luck. They win last night in dramatic fashion against Queens, I go. That was uh, a fun game to follow online between Twitter, Boneyard Banner, and Hoist the Colors. Everybody was freaking out about a number of different things. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and honestly, it gave me... I got a headache watching the game, and I couldn't figure out if it was due to just one of those days where you just get a headache, or if it was because I was trying so hard to focus on the game since there was no audio i didn't sync it with the play-by-play on the radio so i was just sitting there watching it with no audio and i felt like i had to focus so much more whereas you know baseball usually you can kind of have on in the background and look up when the the ball hits the bat and you combine that with uh as danny double deal and danny bill takes over for jake hunter in the bottom of the fourth two outs nobody on base um you combine that with the fact that queen's was a club team in 2018 wow. and uh, had no business, realistically speaking, winning that game, and yet they were one out away from doing so. And, I mean, it may be hyperbole, but that would have been one of the most embarrassing losses in ECU baseball history. And, look, it's baseball. Crazy things happen. Their pitcher was on. The wind was blowing in. But still – ECU avoided disaster. I mean, Queens could end up being one of the worst teams in, in Division One. really hurt your RPI with one loss. Um, I had already planned the discussion. What's worse, getting swept by Bryant or losing to Queens? Losing to Queens all day. I was going to go swept by Bryant. That's three games? Yeah, but Bryant is... Respect- in the weekend? We're talking about a midweek game. All right, now <laughs> we're having the conversation and it didn't matter, but... I'm just going straight up. You can't lose the Queens if you're East Carolina. You just can't do it. First of all, I hate that comment because it almost ha- like they. Well, yeah, I mean they almost did, and it. it that's would've... like my. That's just like saying it's unacceptable. It, it would have been unacceptable. <laughs> what are you... You're telling me? Do you a... fire the coach? No, what? I'm just saying that you can't lose the Queens in baseball. But and they almost did, and therefore they avoided uh, a disaster. I mean, I, I I'm not one to overreact, but. Yeah, okay. This is a team that was a club baseball team four years ago. They lost every decent team they've played they've gotten crushed by this year. Uh Now, this pitcher is basically their only good pitcher, and they basically, not to keep saying basically, they essentially (laughs) put their season on the line with this guy's arm, man. He had just thrown Friday and Saturday, and they let him throw 130 pitches on two days rest, which is just not – not healthy so clearly they were going for it they had a pitcher that was on but you got to give credit to east carolina for finding a way to pull it out but you can't keep waiting 
until the seventh inning to wake up offensively, which is today they yeah. did not. Glad to see they uh, didn't do that today. Starman, yeah, home run number three for ECU early in the ballgame. Three to one as they play in the fourth. I go old school. I know you don't like it, but there is something nostalgic about just pulling up that game tracker and watching it go. It would be better if it was the true old-timey game tracker. Do you remember like when they had the animations um, <laughs> and the guy, when the ball would... Like it wouldn't say what the play was, yeah. And the little stick figures would hit the ball, and the ball would kind of fly in the air. And you honestly didn't know if it was going to drop in, go over the fence. Sometimes it would come down, hit the fielder, and bounce out and be called an error. I will say it's good, it's nostalgic, and it's fun if you're just watching it. But Igo actually has you are you don't pull like AP articles. You type your own articles that hoist the colors. You trying to cover the game without actually seeing it is a little difficult. Makes it difficult. (laughs) And I I mean, I guess I could pay the $40 fee to watch this one game and charge it to my taxes as a business expense. But, you know, it's just, I'm not going to pay $40 for one baseball game. Also, is it about the money or is it just about not wanting to pay for something called flow sports? Uh, You know? Yeah, definitely both. It's both, but like flow sports. It's, I can't believe it's still a thing. Basically, every CAA school they're tied into with, and I'm sure other conferences, they they got to be making pretty good money. You think about it. I mean, if you're a fan of Elon, not that they're, but so, so there's many fans, seven or eight people. Yeah, I mean UNCW. There's there's a few. You, all Sam. it takes is a few hundred times forty dollars a month. You're making some pretty good money what a, maybe we should start bro sports and uh start, <laughs> start charging all the random uh sporting events around town yeah probably makes money and uh the parents will pay for it you know that's not even counting ad revenue that they probably sell as well i mean I, i'm trying to get pirate radio on flow sports try to advertise this this show to all their viewers all right so uh ecu baseball back in action how is uh how's liberty this year i go you looked at them yet uh, they're good. They have kind of underperformed to begin the year. They are known for their pitching this season. Usually they're known more for their bats, but they got a couple of front-line arms. And um, it's going to be a tough series. It's going to be really tough to to sweep for sure. It'll be hard to win the series. I think ECU playing at home, you would give them that advantage. But I would expect Liberty by the end of the year to be a regional caliber team. The other interesting aspect of this series is usually these two teams scrimmage during the fall. Mm-hmm. They didn't this past fall, probably due to playing and because ECU scrimmaged Clemson and UVA with Backage now at Clemson. But they know each other well, and it should be a good matchup. If you don't follow college baseball closely, uh, Liberty is basically a, a two or three seed every year in a regional. Liberty, if you don't follow college sports closely, yeah, is rise. a good athletic program. What they do in football um basketball they lost in their championship i believe to kennesaw state so uh they're just good all around um they got that jesus money rolling in baby yeah they are rich uh they have basically unlimited pockets um they can do nil as a result of that they can do just about everything facility wise so yeah they're a problem i mean they uh i I don't think name wise they're there yet for sure um so ecu Basically, every recruit that has an offer between ECU and Liberty is going to choose ECU, you know, from what I've covered. But at, at the same time, you know, they're paying the, their coaches a lot of money, they're investing a lot, and they've got deep pockets. 
it's so refreshing to hear uh ecu winning recruiting battles not necessarily over liberty but like garrett sailor the other day talking about how he made trips to state and how he's he said i just didn't really like it there uh, i like the coaches a lot more here i like the passion the effort they put into baseball and i mean i'm sure you hear that a lot i go when you talk to baseball recruits getting recruited by big bigger schools overall but when it comes to baseball east carolina's right up there yeah for sure i mean it's ecu from a culture perspective if you take if you're a baseball recruit and you take a visit anywhere in the state i mean ecu is by far and away going to blow you away the most fan support program importance to the community i mean ecu baseball is gigantic for this community and you know part of that is due to maybe the the struggles or lack of the basketball program over the years but ecu fans love a winner baseball consistently wins there's tradition and it's just an awesome place to be on a weekend so the you know, the town at, at, at certain points kind of revolves around it whereas if you go to these other programs unc wilmington is similar but on a smaller scale with no football yeah, and, and NC State and UNC, you know, State gets into it probably more than UNC, but even those those two programs have been, you know, better as far as getting to Omaha. You know, the passion just isn't quite there. Yeah, uh, it's the fans, but really, I mean, you got to give a lot of credit to Cliff yeah. and how it's his thing. It's, it's one a, thing in life. Yeah, it's always been good, but it's gone to a completely different level under under Coach Cobb and his staff, and he is so passionate about it and. Um, that plays a big role in it. I mean, he's he when he took this job in twenty what fourteen going into fifteen, you know, it wasn't in a great spot, and he's definitely built it into something great. I mean, ECU baseball has always been known, but now it's it's nationally uh, relevant. We've seen Trey Savage uh, these last couple of Friday nights and looking really good. I got Carter Spivey starting on a Saturday, and you know. I saw some some stuff about Spivey, like, oh, do we, you know, go back into the bullpen, get him out of the rotation? Um, he didn't pitch bad on Saturday, and they had some errors. He had one of the errors, which doesn't help him. Um, but he he felt pretty good about what he did, and, you know, we'll see him, I would assume, again this weekend. And then uh, Sunday's been Josh Gross, and he had his best performance as a Pirate on sunday so how about that rotation is that something you think we'll see continue and uh and your thoughts on spivey as well yeah i think it'll be the same three for now you do have other candidates that can make that leap sack root if possible but i kind of like him in the situation he's in where he he almost not that just because he's a lefty but he almost reminds me of cj mayhew where he could kind of come in mid-game he can close out a game get you out of a big spot start on the midweek i kind of like having that guy who can do a little bit of everything, provide a different look. Um, Not to cut you off, but I always do it anyway. Um, yeah. For ECU over the years, and this is going back a ways, it almost feels like their most valuable pitcher isn't the Friday night guy. It's yeah. that guy you're talking about. Remember Ryan Williams? Ryan Williams, in? he pitched like 85% yeah. percent of games one year. I mean, Sailor last year, Mayhew last year, who eventually turned into a starter, right? Yep. Um, the guy that it comes in in the fourth inning when you need him or can come in on the back end of a game and close it down that's the most important role for an ecu pitcher it seems like yeah and i just don't think many teams in college baseball have that guy i mean a guy who can go multiple innings or or basically go multiple innings multiple times per week no matter the the situation um 
definitely multiple you don't have multiple of those guys it's hard to find them if you're the average team and i do think ecu prefers to have that guy and sometimes prefers to leave him in that role versus move him into the rotation but yeah i don't know it's uh i I like where the rotation is you savage to me is i mean i think he will end up being the best starter most important player because he looks like a first round draft pick right now he is command pitchability has taken such a leap spivey i think will be fine I, i wouldn't rule out spivey eventually going back to the bullpen you know he he's kind of kind of become more of a contact pitcher uh more so than a swing and miss guy which is fine but you do want some swing and miss at times i thought long beach state had a good approach but also would have liked to see more off-speed stuff there's a lot of fastballs and maybe part of that was because they were swinging so early in the count uh right now east carolina up three to one on elon as they play there in uh the fifth is the city called elon I believe it is in Elon, North Carolina, officially. Yes. All right, there you go. You ever been? I've never been to Latham Park. I kind of miss you crapping on Duke's Field and uh, some road parks this year. I go hadn't had that yet, bro. Duke's. If I ever go back to Duke's on campus stadium, I'll throw up because it's one of the worst athletic facilities I've ever been to. Which is crazy. I know they don't care about it, but they've got so much money. You would think they would do something yeah. with it, right? I guess they're just happy renting slash sharing. Is that our boy Charles Coleman? Of course it is. It's Charles Sorry. Coleman. Season. Excuse me, I got distracted there because I could just see his awkward self moving on the screen. Yesterday he played like 40 <laughs> minutes and shot the ball twice, hit a three, and that was it. There he goes. And he just got a foul. Yep. And he still looks as awkward as ever. He has thickened up. He looks like the same guy. <laughs> Why are you hating? You know not Charles Coleman. You're sad. crapping on Charles I'm Coleman. I'm just saying he's the same exact player he was four years ago when I was hyping you him up. You called him awkward. You, I mean, let the guy live, man. What were we talking about before I got distracted? Nothing. ECU pitching. You, you had a great comment on Spivey and the pitchers. So. Josh Moylan gets caught stealing to end the top of the fifth. That's probably on me. I've been talking about his triples and how fast he is, and he probably had that in his head and then got caught stealing by the way if these guys didn't come on pirate radio they probably win more ball games yeah you know i was thinking the same thing (laughs) you think about it ecu until last night they were oh and two they were winless after coming on pirate radio and after the hoist of colors monday night podcast so Mm. i think snapped a couple streaks we're hitting the double whammy they're probably getting the hype from you guys and they're listening to the HTC podcast on the bus yep there you go let's take a break we'll come back we'll talk some hoops men's and women's variety and have more for you also there was something i read in the hoist the colors vip chat this week and maybe this is well known maybe i'm out of the loop and it was dropped very nonchalantly and i don't know if it was a sarcastic comment by i go or if it's actually going to happen but i have questions Uh, on it if it is what you're what i think you're talking about then we're we can't talk about on the air okay so it's real is it uniform related so it's real yeah it wasn't sarcasm it's 100 percent real all right well sign up give i go money sorry folks i'll I'll, I'll, I'll give a hint i just can't say what it is okay fair enough we'll do that when we return after this
listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Russell's Clothing in downtown Washington has everything you need for game day or any other day for men and women. Whether it's dress, casual, or even a formal occasion, Russell's has you covered. They have served Eastern North Carolina and beyond for 40 years with quality clothing and personal service. Russell's Clothing on Main Street in downtown Washington, proud part of Pirates Supporting Pirates. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. George Washington of 23-16 on St. Joe's first half of the A-10 tournament going on at Barclays Center. Charles Coleman ripping down another rebound. If they just give him the ball on offense, they can get back in this game. Instead, they turn it over. I mean, give Charles a touch. Uh, so that's going on on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by the so, Buck. The Buck. All Freedom. right. Three on two break. They don't even look Coleman's way, yeah. and the guy buries the three. Sad, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, ACC tournament. Syracuse loses on a dagger three by wake forest and jim Beheim is apparently done as the head coach at syracuse after 47 years that is incredible also uh earlier pitt knocked off georgia tech nc state playing tonight late night against virginia tech north carolina bc coming up at seven o'clock the hawks are on a run and they uh, are on an 11-0 run here and trail by two so i got a question um does the A-10, I mean, clearly they have a contract with the USA Network, but like our regular season games on the USA Network too? Yes, there have been some regular season games on USA this year. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't. I wonder what type of money they're making. I mean, it's good basketball. Because there's no more uh, NBC Sports Network on television. There is an app, but uh, I think that's uh, it's part of that family. Got family. You. Okay. So they've moved some games uh, over there. There's been like some Premier League games yeah. on USA and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it makes sense because outside of like the random old TV rerun or a movie, when does anybody really watch the USA Network? Now, I will say, I go one of my favorite shows is Psych. You ever seen Psych? That was a great show. I have not. I know USA. that people that watch it love it though. Yeah, it's awesome. So they've had some uh, some of their own stuff, but outside, did you mention Raw? I didn't. Yeah, outside there of you that, go. you're right. Not so a lot they, of they're US. going to more live programming, which, I mean, this day and age, everybody's streaming stuff. You, the only way to get notable live programming is to have sports. I gotta say, I like the graphics, the score bug, the scroll. Uh, the word that's coming to mind is classy. Yeah, I like it. It I looks mean, pretty it classy. Has an NBC feel, obviously. So we are big USA live sports fans. We have just found out. Speaking of basketball, speaking of tournaments, 12.30 on Thursday, watch along, East Carolina and South Florida, Clip Rock, Chandler Honeycutt, and Stephen Igo. Stephen Igo. Wow, this is a big deal. Igo will be here. I kind of hope you don't make it now because we've got our order in for tiebreakers, and if you don't come, that's more food for me. So I'm happy yeah. if you're here. I'm happy if you're not, either way. I am excited, and I just hope that the Pirates play decently so it's a good game and not a bunch of uh, th- three goggles that we throw up on to see bricks. Chandler, you're excited Igo's coming? Man, Chandler's really pumped up Man, in there. Man, I am super pumped because I feel like the past several times we've had watch-alongs, 
there has been a tease that he might would be here and then he wouldn't show up. Yeah. And it's just me and you, which is totally fine. I enjoy watching <laughs> a ball game with just clip, but it's going to be fun having Stephen Igo and Patrick Mason here tomorrow. Uh, Wait, Patrick, Patrick Mason's, Mason's not coming. Oh, I don't sorry. know where you got that information. Sorry. Well, Patrick's coming, then I'm out. So, well, good no, news. Patrick's he's not. out, but Stephen yeah. Igo. I can't is sit in. in with the guy who Cliff Godwin hates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, that's the rules. No, but um, Stephen Igo is here, and I am pumped. Will you be wearing your uniform tomorrow? My Aaliyah jersey is ready to go. Mine is as well. I go. Um, do you own a basketball jersey? I used to have a Wake Forest Chris Paul jersey back in the day, but I have no idea where it's at. I have a sleeveless um, reversible jersey. On one side, it's black, and it's got the Oriole Bird logo. <laughs> On the other side, it's just plain white. If I brought that in, would you wear it? Why not? All right. Might as well go all in. Do you have any other jerseys? I, that, I don't have any other basketball jerseys. No, I have no other basketball jerseys. Why do you have an Orioles logo on a basketball jersey? When I went to Jersey, we went on the um, the boardwalk or whatever, the boardwalk, and they had um, <clears throat> this store. I just wanted to, like, be all things jersey. Like, I ate the food, you know, like graphic tees and graphic. And I was like, I'm going to get a sleeveless shirt. And what kind of logo should I put on it? And the Oriole bird really stood out to me for some reason. So I, I went with that. I'm just honored to uh, <laughs> to be able to wear such a extravagant piece of clothing. It has been folded in the drawer for about seven, That's eight fun. years Make now. Make it as wrinkly as possible. <laughs> okay. uh, that'll add to the, uh, to the feel. All right. So uh, that is coming up. Hang out with us. We've got giveaways for you. And we'll have some cool stuff for you. And a whole lot of fun coming up 1230. Or should I just go buy an ECU jersey from me that's up to you the store uh, if you want to be real legit about it sure go do it um we will have pirate radio live at three tomorrow if the ecu women win tonight against memphis we're going triple header we're going watch along for the aac women's championship tomorrow night that's big time yeah hey, what, what time is that scheduled to tip off late right is it nine i think it is nine because they have the three men's games ahead of them because the the final men's game is scheduled for six o'clock, so at the earliest it would be eight thirty. Yeah, I think it's nine o'clock. But Chandler and I have already locked ourselves into it. That's how much we love ECU and ECU women's basketball. Did so, y'all yeah. stay up for last night's game? Oh, I watched every second of it. That's not true. I tried to watch the beginning of it. I'm on ESPN Plus. I must have clicked on the wrong game, and it kept saying your event is about to start. I don't know how long I sat there waiting, <laughs> but eventually I like clicked back and found out the score was already five to four. Right. I was like, so outside of that, I watched every minute. So you watched probably thirty-five minutes yeah. of game action. Yeah. I thought it was a you know the, a well-played game outside of the third quarter for ECU where they kind of hit a lull and and you know they have such a unique style under Cam McNeil where to be honest they don't have much of a half-court offense they can't really shoot but. Like, when they get on those runs, they create so much havoc defensively. Yep. Other teams just get, you know, they lose their composure. It gets frantic, and they're just able to score in bunches. And uh, Danae McNeil, who didn't have her best game last night, her and Sania Johnson, when they get on the, the fast break, they're great at finishing. And also, the biggest thing about last night was McNeil and Joyner didn't have their best game scoring the ball. 
and others stepped up. Micah Dennis, Johnson, also Morgan Mosley had some huge shots in the, the fourth quarter. And I felt like they did good at the line. They did miss six free throws. They went 14 to 20 from the free throw line. But I mean, all their shooting percentages for the year are not good. Yeah. So, like, for the, I mean, that's not a, they hit some clutch shots, though, I will say. They just have to win with that style. And, you know, Memphis did a pretty good job in the game I covered at Minji's when they beat ECU, limiting the turnovers and not giving EC those buckets, those easy buckets. So it'll be interesting to see how that matchup goes tonight. they got to be one of the best fourth-quarter teams in the country. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think the the game they lost to Memphis was what their worst, right, here at home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely one of their, their worst performances. Did y'all see um, – somebody posted on Hoist the Colors. They didn't verify this, but – bracketology the women's bracketology yes. I, yeah we talked about it. okay had unc as the four versus memphis as the 13 yes in chapel hill yeah. oh and really and you can basically slide whoever wins the american if it's if it's houston ecu or memphis it's probably going to be around 13 right right so i'm thinking the 13 to 14 range but yeah in chapel hill, would you go to that game would that be a carmichael auditorium probably uh i would probably try to go yeah yeah i don't know yeah women's hoops i mean if it's in state i'm gonna try and go man that'd be cool all right speaking of voice to colors oh karen mason says on youtube she's gonna make soup this weekend (laughs) the mother of patrick mason who is a soup lover as we've learned enemy of cliff Godwin. speaking of voice to colors i'm looking at the vip chat doing my thing and i saw something that made me that made me pause is this legit is this real like lean back in your chair and then lean forward and be like yeah i did a double take kind of a triple take and i was like is is this old uh is this old i go joshing around giving us a little sarcasm every now and then he'll break it out he's a very professional man he's very uh close to the vest but every now and then your sense of humor shows i go are you just throwing this out and um or is this legit and i i missed it i hadn't seen anything you said you don't want to divulge too much information. You can go to Hoist the Colors, sign up VIP, read it there. But um, what are you willing to tell us on this show? <clears throat> well, everybody loves uniforms. <laughs> yeah. And Some people hate uniforms, especially pur- light yeah, purple ones. We got like 10,000 views off the powder purple uniform uh, jersey yeah. article. So you get a reaction. 100%. Uh, there will be something that will cause... A reaction with the ECU football uniforms this uh, this season. Uh, I'm hearing a new lid is on mm, the way. I love a new lid. I, I I'm wearing a new lid. Um, so maybe they're just getting team hats, or maybe they're getting new helmets. Team football hats. <laughs> yep, team football hats for pregame and postgame uh, workouts. I don't know if that would get folks excited, but uh, all the right. old sideline or NFL draft cap would get people excited. <laughs> so maybe they'll get some new sideline caps this year for ECU football. Boy, NFL draft caps suck every year. They are bad, and they continue to get worse. I know. Somehow. I know. I feel like maybe I should uh, have a job as a hat consultant. The Panthers literally had a draft uh, hat a couple of years ago where it looked like you would get it from like a wings at myrtle beach <laughs> yeah i don't know what they i guess people buy them so maybe they're doing something right maybe it's just not for us um all right so there is that thank you for uh giving us at least a, a little taste a little morsel yeah all right we need to can you hang out another segment yeah yeah all right let's open up the booty bag shirley 
here on a third Wednesday. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. All right, you know what the prize is because we're giving it away all week long. Shrimp taco lunch at Chico's. And we're doing that in conjunction with them celebrating 40 years as an amazing business here in Greenville. Shirley, what caller will win that shrimp taco to Chico's? Six. Caller six. 317-1250. We'll talk more hoops with Igo. Let you know what's going on in the baseball game and in conference tournaments. That's on the way after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. To get the business services that are right for your business today, contact the team of experienced local bankers at First Bank. The team includes bankers you can trust like Ashley Capps, Lee Watson, Bonner Latham, Chris Richards, Josh Hooten, and Heath Nesbitt, First Bank, together with their customer, uh, customers, rather, they're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. First Bank on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. And congratulations to Jackie Hutcherson of Winterville. Picked up uh, a shrimp taco lunch courtesy of Chico's. Grab your amigos and join Chico's for their 40th anniversary party this Saturday from 1 until 6 p.m. There's going to be live music and entertainment from the Purple School Bus and DJ Dog in the Chico's parking lot. It's the biggest fiesta of the year, and it's absolutely free. Make your plans now to be at Chico's this Saturday, beginning at 1 o'clock. And congratulations to Chico's on 40 years in business. Now back to you, Clip. All right. Thank you, Shirley. Dawson says, Clip, my guy. What's up, my guy? My guy. I almost texted uh, or tweeted Rajay last night, fellow ECU women's basketball fan. They win... They win tonight. Maybe uh, maybe Raja will do the watch along with us tomorrow night. I was going to say, maybe you should extend the invitation <laughs> to yeah. Raja. Um, but we saw him at uh, – he was talking strategy with me when he saw me leaving the ECU women's game, <laughs> that game we went to. He's like, man, we got to get out of this zone. <laughs> we got, they're killing us from the outside. I like that. I love yeah. I go when other athletes are at sporting events. It, it's a lot of – and, man, that women's game I went to, a ton of football players. You had Ezra, Walker, uh, the Carteret kid, Ellingsworth. Yep, Jackson. Uh, Jackson. With the X. All those guys, they were baseline. Um, let's see, Ellingsworth was RJ there. RJ was there. Also, um, Ellings uh, – <laughs> Who's the – Wake, Wakefield Ellison. <laughs> Wakefield Ellison was there. <laughs> Uh, Jafet McNeil also made it. Ja was there. Chandler, name a random ECU basketball player. Howard Hurt, who will be at Sports Trivial tonight. Howard Hurt. There. Yeah. Shamar Bowden returned. Shamar. Uh, so, yeah. Win. Chad Wynn? Chad Wynn. Chad Wynn. Man, he I was sitting next Chad to a trash can. It was crazy that Travis Holcomb Faye showed up. <laughs> I go doing jokes now. Do you get that joke? I get that reference. I bet maybe one other person out there yep. gets it. Chat, what he? So he had a highlight tape There's, of him just doing. It's like, still available on YouTube. Last I checked, literally him versus trash cans <laughs> doing like post moves. 
Wow. It's amazing. Look up Chad Wynn highlight tape. See if it'll come versus Chad Man versus Cam. Yep. I think I also advantage win at that game. I think I also said Mar- Marshall Gilmet came in. Oh yeah, Gilmet. It was great to see him and Zangary. Zangary yeah. did DM me like a year ago randomly. Is he high school coaching? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, just a great lineage of pirate hoops. What about Spasievic or whatever his name was a few years? Ago? Oh, Dimitri Spasievic. We need to look at how he's doing. I mean, he was only Dimitri. a sophomore or freshman when he transferred. No way, he's still playing. He, he went, went to, to UMBC. That's right. The uh, after they beat Virginia, word on the street is Charles Coleman was actually back for that game. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Coleman is getting a lot of run in this game. He really has played the entire game. Yeah, it's tournament time. St. Joe's uh, went on an incredible run. George Washington uh, trying to retake the lead here, I believe. What's going on in baseball? <clears throat> oh, Sterling oh. just mentioned it. I go, you got to, you're keeping an eye on it. Yeah, so three to one East Carolina in the top of the seventh. Pirates lead. Pirates. They have not had a hit since the fourth inning. And oh, they're uh, doing the reverse. Yeah, the, <laughs> it has basically been the reverse. They scored three over the first two. They have brought in Zach Root out of the bullpen. He's pitched two scoreless innings, given up two hits. He's actually worked around leadoff singles in both innings. Uh, his pitch count is at thirty-six. Has Root allowed a run this year? Yes. Oh, Carolina. Yep, yep. He allowed yeah. two. I don't know which of those were. Um, you had which one, were at least one uh, unearned. And Elon uh, sits down ECU in order in the seventh. So ECU's bats have gone quiet here. Cliff Goblin was hot earlier after a potential foul ball was called fair. And he there was no review. I, I assume there's no review available. The umpires met. They <laughs> made it stand, and that cost ECU a... Cliff. crisp runners in scoring position situation cliff wrong flow sports bud i get that it's 99.99 a day but we don't have replay available i'm sorry we're flowing stick with the flow just go with the flow go with the flow cliff all right and then patrick mason after the game was like cliff uh do you think you should have been ejected <laughs> if we would have lost do you think uh you're too dependent upon arguing with umpires um, I mean, I think it's an honest, I think it's an honest question. We talked to Patrick earlier. Uh, he said that hey, they uh, they both handled it the way they did, and now they've moved on in life. That's the way true, it should go. True folks. professionals. Yeah, exactly. All right, um, I go. Can ECU win a conference tournament basketball game on Thursday? Can they? Yes. Will All they? right. Oh. Will they? I mean, you ask, can they? And you say yes. I'll take it. Do we have a line? No. We have a line for the women's game. Did you hear it earlier? Did not. What do you think it is? Uh, Memphis minus two. It is oh. Memphis minus three. So there you go. Uh, all right. Guess the line for tomorrow. South Florida swept East Carolina. Didn't have a lot of trouble doing it. In so doing. In so doing. As Coach O would say. Um, I want to say South Florida minus four. Ooh. Don't steal my number. Five and a half. Dude, we're in tune with the Pirate yeah, Basketball. I'll go Teen. south four to five and a half. We know more, and you should be <clears throat> thankful I'm including you in this, because really, I know more. But we know more about ECU basketball than anyone on the planet. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, we could sit there and name random ECU basketball <laughs> players the rest of the show. <laughs> I mean, you, if you want to challenge me, I'm in. You were going to go five and a half? 
Yeah, I was going to go five and a half. I thought that might be a little rich and was thinking about four and a half, but I went with the five and a half. Chandler, what do you got? Six and a half. Oh, mm. yeah. Mm. Give it to me. Mm. If it gets that high, I might find myself on the pirate train. I like ECU in this game. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't either. know why. I don't <laughs> know why. Well, that's the thing. We don't even know if RJ Felton is playing. Yeah. That's why that's the, My line is assuming RJ plays. Yeah. If RJ is not playing, I just can't see a scenario where ECU wins this game. I mean, who's going to score? Yeah. Outside of Brandon Johnson. You're going to need a huge Brandon game. Hoisting threes from like 50 feet beyond the arc. <laughs> I do um, love when he steps into one from oh, yeah. the A range. He's almost better from there than than short uh short range three yeah so i don't know i mean i kind of got the the fact that felton was able to return and play at ucf in the second half granted he was not 100 percent. i would think he uh, i would that's got to be golden this guy grabbed the rim i know what an idiot um i would think that he'll play at least somewhat now how effective will he be i don't know and do we see a Javon Small appearance out of nowhere? I got the vibe, probably not, but Schwartz didn't close it out either. Yeah, I guess that was uh, somewhat positive to hear, but Schwartz said that the main thing is, of course, uh, his health long-term. And the other factor with this game that I like ECU on is Jaden Walker was not the starting point guard for either game against South Florida. That was the when they were trying to make the Caleb account situation work. And it just, you know, there were too many turnovers, defensive miscues, I thought, during that time. And ECU to me is a much better team when Jaden Walker's running the point right now. Not that he's been elite, but he's been good from a ball control perspective outside of the UCF game most recently, but provides a lot more versatility defensively with his length you might have mentioned this you broke down his numbers on hoist the colors yep. did you say that um with the and those stats were pretty eye-popping though yeah definitely a huge difference now that was before the uh the ucf game so maybe yeah. it would draw it back closer to earth but i think the team was just wiped out i mean that was a brutal brutal stretch and so yeah i mean i, I think ecu has a has a shot it's tough to beat a, a, a team three times as Brian Bailey says. I was about to say, Brian it's, Bailey would agree. It's not. We've seen it done several times, the ECU in basketball. They only have to do it once, and that's tomorrow. But, I mean, it comes down, and it's easier said than done. Just slow down Tyler Harris, man. The guy just kills ECU every time they play. I mean, yeah, he just good. shreds them. He's a player. Developing situation in Fort Worth, Texas. Wichita State up by one on Houston, 32-31. Oh. to Oh, <laughs> boy. 111 left to go in the second quarter. Pirates swept Wichita State. They had to come back and hey. beat Houston in three overtimes. Guys, be careful what you wish for because it's tough to beat a, it's tough to beat a team three times. <laughs> Wait, so we want Houston? They've only beaten Houston once because they only played them once. That's right. Uh, good stuff. I go. We'll take our final timeout. We'll let you run. We'll see you at 1230 on Thursday. See you tomorrow. All right. Uh, watch a long time, baby. Take a break, come back, wrap it up after these words. (laughs) 
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, The Dow was down 58 points today at 32,798. The NASDAQ was up 45 at 11,576, and the S&P was up five points at 3,992. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report. For a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now, back to you, Cliff. All right, Pirates lead Elon after 7-3-1. to one. ECU women's hoops tonight, semifinals, AAC tournament at 7 o'clock against Memphis, and we'll be with you 12.30 for a watch-along coming up on Thursday as ECU takes on South Florida. We'll have uh, plenty of scores on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by DeBuck. DeBuck. All right, Shirley, Chan Man, by the way, uh, for fans of Name That Sound, bad news. We're not playing tomorrow. It's over. Good news. We're going to play on Friday. I figure it's a it, it's a pretty good Friday oh, man. game Perfect. too. Perfect. You gave me the option of like I think today or Friday. Yeah. So it got to be Friday. That's All gonna right. be a fun Friday. So that's returning on Friday. We will see you three o'clock on Thursday's edition of Pirate Radio Live. Jeff Charles, take us home. Have a great night, Eastern Carolina. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the Voice of the Pirate Nation. <laughs>